Uh, this is Gabriel Hardman. And Corina Beckham. And you're listening to 11 O'Clock Summits. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, wow, he pulled a me. What? That was a me. That was, that was Christopher. Oh, oh, well, I need mean, to hurt. Okay. I'm not watching Kerwin. No, no. My big company is it, here. Is it possible to watch Kerwin? Um, dude. It's the second most popular dude event at the Olympics. Chris was all like, I'm out of here. Chris was on Facebook. This is, I'm sorry, this is, this is how it's basically going to be for like the next five years. Like, like, get used to it. I'm like, I'm like, absolutely. So just refriend me and get it. Get ready or for not. it. No, it's in, in all in, in people pull. It's like you know, what's your favorite event? It's always like ice skating and curling, or that's decathlon and curling. It's everyone's like second favorite thing to watch in the Olympics. I, I never even heard of curling before, you buddy. Where's this coming from? It's for real. For real though, <laughs> a lot more fucking interesting than comic books. No, it's not. Oh, Lord, wow. Mm. Oh boy! Ah, oh, tough crowd. <sighs> you didn't watch the Continental Cup? Amazing! <laughs> I watched. Like, I, I, I watched my cup get empty, but good stuff. Oh my god! What? <laughs> oh my god! You're so silly. <sighs> Oh, hey, guys, hey, we were hey, hey. He threw me off. I don't even know how to, how to. He's all like, hey, was the intro music Pete Seeger? What the hell? It's no, it's very loud. Oh, okay. What? No Pete Seeger this week? Nip, no Pete Seeger. <laughs> he said not this week and not. Yeah, he was good. He was a good man. Self an American. Yeah. Little, little, little too low key for our intros. The intros are always balls, balls out. Loud. I do better job with the music. <laughs> and uh, now I know for sure we're on freaking Bizarro Planet. Hey everybody! It's 11 o'clock comics, episode 301. One. I'm, I'm Vince B and I'm an overzealous bitch. Who gets complimented more on their musical choices? Vince. Try the three people that do it all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I ain't Christopher Neesman. Oh, no, um, Bean. Yeah, Chris, good job on the music there. Ooh. It's got a tint. And, and, and Gordo. Yeah. Ah, oh, nah, he's just being nice. No, no, we, all the music, musophiles, the, are the, all the, all the big, all the big music guys always, and gals always compliment me on me, on my music show. I think, I think I should start running this music thing on the show. And I am Vince B. <laughs> Still. Hi. <laughs> Go, David. You didn't. Okay, I'm David Price. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is going on tonight? <laughs> I don't know. P folk, baby. I'm Bootsy Collins. Oh boy, would that be awesome if you were Bootsy? Would be. You are not the Rubber Band Man. You are Jason Wood, Everybody, love me some Bootsy. And we forgot one. I saw Bootsy's um, outfit at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Including, really? Yeah, it was. Um, 
one of my favorite stories about going to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is that they were very P-Funk heavy. You know, it's like every other Hall of Fame thing. They go through, they go through stages where they'll, they'll feature certain exhibits and that kind of stuff. It's like you go to the Baseball Hall of Fame, you know, they may be very, um, very specific to a certain era at one time and then they'll, they'll, you know, cycle, cycle different things through. Whenever we went to, uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they had several, um, uh, Parliament Funkadelic exhibits, which was awesome because they're really fucking cool to look at. And, uh, near the end of the, the, not tour, but the, the end of the whole, the whole thing, uh, Marta and I just cracked up because there was some lady who was just like, I just don't know who these, Parliament Funkadelic people are. And we, we just fucking lost it. It was so amazing. But yeah, there were, there were, uh, amazing Bootsy Collins outfits and, and George Clinton costumes. And yeah, it was, it was fantastic. And you do not have to tear the roof off the sucker to get good nice discounts on nice. your favorite funny books and collectibles. All you gotta do is fire up your web browser and type in dcbservice.com and you will be amazed at how cheaply you can get your favorite books. It's amazing. 35 to 75% off their monthly spotlighted specials. They wrap them up all nice and tight and snug and ship them right to your door. You don't have to do a damn thing. They do not mind late orders or late order editions. And you can get that previews, that, that, that $5 catalog for a buck. Come on. It's worth it. The specials aren't up as if you can't tell already, but I'm sure the discounts will be both plentiful and deep. DCBService.com. Best in the business. Absolutely. Best, be, best there was, best there is, best there ever will Just be. Just like my heart. Oh, that's right. Just like the hitman. And, uh, shout out again because, um, the big, the, the big year of DCBS continues. They, they have taken over mail order comics business. Yes. Yeah. Everything has come like, full circle for you, Jason. It has. I, I was a mail order comics uh, customer before I was a DCBS customer. So cool. Mm-hmm. And I actually left. Continues. I left mail order because DCBS had better discounts and much better service. Good for them. Yes. So yay, yay DCBS. They're like a monopoly now. Well, they're getting close. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to call the feds in on them. <laughs> Um, are we ready to talk about I some I think booze? Christina can take Chuck Rosansky. The what? I think she can. I, I think she yeah. can. <laughs> She'd take him on, man. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, um, beer and whiskey and wine and stuff. Um, I'll go ahead and lead off, um, uh, because I love what I'm drinking tonight. It is from the brewery and, um, they do amazing work and, um, they're from, uh, Orange County out. Orange County, California. And you guys know that I love sour beers. It's, uh, it's one of my, one of my favorite types of, of, uh, of beers. And this is their sour in the rye, which combines two things I love. And that is sour beers and rye. So it's a very rye influenced sour beer and it is amazing. And I'm going to get more and more incoherent as I drink it because it's <laughs> fantastic. Just another, uh, another night. Uh, uh, just really, another, yes. you know, I'm so glad we're through the 300 bullshit and the 11 o'clock. Oh, I'm just so, I'm, 
You're really fucking nice. enjoying yourself to us tonight. No, no, we're For just, real. we're, just, I'm just, you know, it's back to regular episodes. We can talk about comics and and the state of the union and <laughs> everything else that's going on. It's going to be great. Because uh, we didn't talk about comics last week. No, 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 no. I love that episode, but you know, we're through. It's, you know, I always exhale. After the 11 O'Clockers, because, you know, it's a lot of pressure, Jay. You put a tremendous amount of pressure on us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm such a taskmaster. There's a lot of decision making. There's a lot of people whose feelings you can hurt if you leave them out. You know, it's, it's very stressful. And so, you know, to come, you know, mid January, beginning of February, it's life is easier for me. I'm going to have to admit that. Fair enough. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, David, how about you? I am, uh, cause it's, it's a little chilly. I am, uh, sipping on some Buffalo Trace. Mm. Very nice. And speaking of, what a bunch of fucking pussies in Atlanta. <laughs> what is it? It's up and out. Oh, and they're brought their fucking. I know. It's, it's seriously? It really, I mean, when, when we're up here and, and Chris is over there, it, it definitely sounds crazy. My, um, Renee's one of Renee's childhood friends, one of her best friends, lives in Atlanta now, and and uh, you know th- this is this is a tough lady from from the Bronx. She, she's a Marine. She can take care of shit, but she was just stuck with everybody else because, and it's not it, it's not that it snowed. It was because it became ice, and they are not prepared for that shit. And of course, it set everything down. But the the mayor, the governor, everybody was warned in advance. They should have known about. They should have closed everything for Tuesday. But they let people leave early. Everything was a mess. Nobody. I mean, I you saw the pictures. People like sleeping at CVS overnight just yeah. because they could not get home, and they left. Al, Ro- Al Roker laid it down on them. They're like, uh, uh-uh, uh, you were warned. We were talking about this shit on Monday. Al I mean, Roker. I- I feel for him because I mean it, it's taken me over an hour to get home, but I mean we are used to snow here. <laughs> but it's I, I I feel bad for the people in Atlanta who have to who had to deal with it. But at the same time, I'm also like it's it it's snow and ice, and and I deal with it. Constantly. I, I, I want to hear from Braxton because it has that entire city like absolutely crippled, and it's like a half an inch of snow. That's that's what we call like Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so very, very. So anyway, uh, Jason, what are you drinking? I am uh, straight from Ireland, drinking some Guinness Stout. Mm. Yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. We're in a cool. can bottle. Uh, can poured into a pint glass. Nice. Mm-hmm. I I approve. And Vince, I am drinking an intoxicating blend of caramel color. There we go. Phosphoric acid, potassium. Uh, something benzoate. It's, it's it's diet Pepsi, and I love it. Wait, it's not Pepsi Max. It's not even Pepsi Max. No, we I we're out. Mm. I heard I heard something was it late last week about the um the caramel coloring in the soda and and, uh, and um, yeah carcinogens or something like that. Yeah, yeah whatever, whatever yeah. causes impotence. No, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I love the taste of it. I don't care what it, it does. may it cause it, but I'm sure Vince's wife cures it. Yeah. Yeah. Alright. The beast uh, must be fed. I'm watching now. <laughs> <laughs> right, so excited do, about the so, Olympics. Great. Let's talk a little bit about comics here, because we got lots of them. Lots and lots to go. Well, just real quick shout out to Mr. Dampua. I, nice. Um, actually, yep. uh, in the last episode, 
yeah. which uh, he pinged me, and it was I realized that he never heard my shout out because of the lost episode. But uh, Dan was kind enough to send uh, my youngest son uh, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles shell, hard battle shell that he can wear on his back as he pretends oh. to be a Ninja Turtle. That's cool. Yeah, pretty awesome. So thank you so much, my oh, man. Shit. I'll be right back. Do they make big people sizes for those? Uh, I don't think so. Cool. All right, Uh, let's get into this. Oh no, you got a a thank you too. I have, I have one to Frankie the Dildonator, and and I I, I will (laughs) giggle, giggle. That was for you. Um, Homeboy um, hooked me up with 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 something that I started to read, and I want. I'll I'll go into it when I get further into the book. It's it's. It's really good, but I'll talk about that later. And um, a quick thank you to um, Mr. Joshua. I'm going to say Hauke, H-A-U-K-E. Uh, he sent me a PDF of his book, um, Tales of the Brothers 3, and it's it's uh, it's very um, – Comic strippy. It's it's it, it's it's really cool. I'll um I'll post links in the episode thread. But he uh he nice. he emailed me the PDF today, and I uh, I was skimming through that, and it looks it's it's pretty funny. It it, it I, I love the comic strips, so I, I'm I'm really looking forward to digging this. Now, how can you get that? And we didn't. He like that joke. That joke went flat. <laughs> how? how <laughs> that's really bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good man. Are we still talking about how awesome Don or Dan is, Don? Um, are we still talking about how awesome Dan is? We he's may be. Very, he's very awesome. Um, he sent me a photography book that is doubly cool um, for a lot of different reasons. Um, it is the William um, Eggleston's Guide. Are you guys familiar with um, who William Eggleston is? He takes pictures. Yes, he yes, he was a photographer. He was like the 12th doctor. He, <laughs> <laughs> um no. Um pretty um pretty revolutionary uh photographer in 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 um yeah, I don't want to say like candid color photography, but but yeah. Um his um his history is kind of intertwined um, slightly with a band I love called Big Star. Um, he took uh, a photo that you know one of his more famous photos was the uh, uh, the cover for the second Big Star album. You guys know who Big Star is? Yep. Al- Alex Shilton, Chris Bell, and Big Star. Yes, Big Star. Big Star is fantastic, and and Eggleston was kind of. Um, in that whole early seventies Memphis music art scene and did some, did some very, very interesting experimental photography for the time, um, for, for early 1970s. And, you know, I look at it and, you know, today we're, what we're able to do with digital photography is, is pretty amazing because you're able to, um, churn through so much material so quickly but you look at Eggleston stuff and you have to remember that he was shooting on film and the the sparseness of his of his photography is something that you kind of have to look and meditate on and put yourself in in the place of of where he was at the time which is you know early 70s 
Tennessee and, and northern Mississippi. And he captures that so, so well. And there's just this realness to his photography. And I can, so Dan, I can go on and on about this. I'll probably go to the forum, which is where, David? com slash forum. And talk about Eggleston's photography a little bit more in the monkey room, but, um, it is, um, of an era and, and worth looking and meditating on. It's something that you don't just flip through and go, oh, neat, 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 neat. You look at each, at each, at, at each photo, at each page, and, uh, and you, and you spend some time with it. So thank you very much. I, I absolutely adore it. Look at that. Yeah. Too cool. All right. And Big Star is awesome. And they have a great documentary on Netflix. Just search Big Star documentary. It's great. Cool. Yeah. Let's jump into this head first. As they say. Want me to go first? You shouldn't be raring to go. You sound like you're I I do. I'm raring to go, but I I rarely rant. Right? Yeah. You you can agree you can agree with me on that. I it's rare that that I, like I, I go off on drink. I I don't like to rant. I I just bring love, but in this instance, oh, I don't know. He's in love. He's in love. He said rant. Okay. No, I said rant. Yeah. I I I'm proud to be um a denizen of the Keystone State. I really am. Um not for the least of which being that the Pennsylvania is the birthplace of zombies. Okay. George George Romero back in 1968, he's a, a Pittsburgh boy. Um the Yinzer, what did he, as they call them. What what did he do? He he uh made a little tiny movie um that went on to become both famous and infamous and it it created a landslide of of um sequels and imitators and 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 just uh, everybody jumping on the zombie train, especially these days with um Walking Dead, and you know the zombies are everywhere. And I have two books tonight. Both of them, oddly enough, uh, go way back to 1968, and they 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 springboard off that very first Night of the Living Dead movie. Look at that. Unfortunately, they're both good and well, really good and um, exceptionally bad. Wait, they're both really good and bad. No, the first one is well. The the first one I'll, I'll go into the very very oh, bad. You're saying first. there's two of them. One of them is there's two of them. One one of them is exceptional. One of them just okay. should never have been made in my Got opinion. It. And I'll I'll start with that one. Um, and, and it's from the man himself, George Romero. Wrote this thing, and you would think with those big ass welding goggles he's got on that he'd have some <laughs> kind of clarity of vision, you know. But unfortunately, um. Well, I, I, I hold George very near and dear to my heart. I love the guy. I'm very grateful for everything he's done, but there's a point in your career where you just stop. Yes, sir. You, 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 you have to look back and say, you know what? I did a lot of great things, but my last. Could have Jim Brown that shit. My, my last decade or so, not so hot, right? Uh, actually, it's more than a decade, but so he has a book out from Marvel from called Marvel? Empire. Yes, called Empire of the Dead. Really? Yes, and Romero wrote it. Uh, Alex Maleev illustrated it. Really? I thought he yes. was dead. And uh, Matt Hollingsworth did the colors. Yeah, really. 
So, in a nutshell, George has been experimenting with this notion that the zombies can be um, that, that there's there's a grain of their former mind there somewhere that they're, they're buried deep within all that I got to eat and you know everyone's a victim and just that animalistic need to to consume that somewhere in there the the person the that old identity is still there the original identity he's been playing with this since Day of the Dead right mm-hmm. which is it's cool. I think it's a cool concept, but he and he he uses that again in Empire of the Dead. There's um there's a dude in Manhattan that uh, has had some success in not taming zombies but making them less less aggressive. Like he runs this this arena called the 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 Circus Maximus, and he lets these zombies fight it out. Where have we seen that before? And um. Uh, into the mix is thrown one Penny Jones, who's an MD, and and she she has theories of her own, and she wants to investigate this this uh, you know less lethal zombie. Uh, Penny, unfortunately, George thought it really smart to make Penny the sister of Barbara from the original Night of the Living Dead. Oh. And the reason why I I'm borderline hating this book because. Wow. What what George did was, uh, he retconned Night of the Living Dead. Can't have that. He said that Penny uh, tells uh, tells a story that Penny uh, gets the notion that the zombies have some germ left of their former selves because her sister Barbara, who is still alive, told her the tale of that one fateful night when. Uh, well, you've seen the movie Night of the Living Dead. In the last couple of minutes, we all know the story. Dwayne Jones, uh, Ben, uh, is fighting off zombies tooth and nail, and they're coming into the house. And meanwhile, Barbara's doing her best impersonation of a houseplant, being no help at all. <laughs> and 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 the zombies get in, and who is it? But it's Johnny, um, Barbara's uh, beau, and and he takes her out, and supposedly. You know, eats her, and that's the end of the movie. Blah blah blah, and then we all know what happens to to poor old Ben. But according to George, Johnny did not eat Barbara. Now, I don't see how that's even possible because all those zombies around. If Johnny didn't eat her, somebody would have, right? So, but no, it didn't happen. Johnny dragged her through the cemetery into a shed and was going to eat her, and she pleaded with him, Johnny, Johnny, it's me, it's oh, it's it's Barbara, and for a second. He, 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 um, he recognized her Boo. and wouldn't, and wouldn't you know it? That's exactly when, um, the, uh, Sheriff McClellan and his boys come up and they see Barbara and they think she's a zombie and they get her, their beads on him and Johnny steps between the bullets and Barbara intentionally saving her life and she lives mm. to tell the tale ridiculous ridiculous and unnecessary because as as a huge fan of romero and you've seen day of the dead george was experimenting with this in that movie this this whole cognizant um zombie thing uh i don't know if you remember but well, those Land, who have of the dead right no day of the, uh day of the dead but well, well the Land, D- dr logan is in there right and he's doing experiments on zombies well, and he gets this, land of the dead he does more than experiment with it that's right. Like, was on well, the movie. He, they actually, but this, they actually are smart. And they 
they, they form an army and come after this. Right, right. And, but this is like the beginnings of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Logan does the experiments on Bub. We all know Bub, uh, Howard, uh, Sherman Howard. And you may, so remember this scene where he's trying to shave and he's trying to talk to his Aunt Alicia on the phone. George was playing with this from like back in 1985. Why the hell did he have to retcon the first movie? Why couldn't he say, you know, have somebody find Dr. Logan's notes? Look, I have these notes from, from Dr. Logan and, and they, they, they prove that the zombies can be blah, blah, blah. Like, why do you have to go back and shit on your, your masterpiece? I don't, I don't understand it. And to add insult to injury, as if, as if it wasn't enough to retcon Man of the Living Dead, the last couple pages of Empire introduces zombie, uh, vampires into the Night of the Living that. Dead. Yeah, that, that, like, that part I heard about. And you know what that says to me? I have nothing more interesting mm-hmm. to say about zombies. Nothing. So I got to put vampires into the mix. It's it's just mind-boggling. And the book is pretty. I mean, it's Alex Maleev. It looks really good. But I, I almost had to punch myself in the face just to get through it. Mm-hmm. Like when, when she starts going back over the, the events of Night of the Living Dead, it's like, why would you do that? Why? I don't, I don't, I really, it, it, I cannot fathom why someone would want to diddle with their masterpiece. Why would you do that? I'm with you, bro. I mean, uh, I didn't know where you were going uh, at first so with this, but I'm, I'm with you. This is, uh, that's, I don't know, man. I, I, I mean, yeah. we're, not, we're not talking just like a one-off little horror film who's like that not many people have seen. We're talking about a, a, a true classic. Mm-hmm. Some people that, can't, that, some that, people that, can't leave things alone. I know, right? It's natural. George Lucas, Neil Adams, I mean, it's, come on guys, everyone does it. But, I mean, George has been on a downward slope for years, but I mean, this is just like, this is the the end for me. I I just don't get it. Mm -hmm. But it's like a train wreck now. I I have to see what happens in the second issue just (laughs) because I want to see if it gets any worse. You know? So that was the bad. And the good, Mm -hmm. also from Marvel, Comes from our friend Cullen Bunn, nice. oh. who knows how to write a damn zombie book, um, illustrated by Ramon Rosanas or you know Rosanna Donna. Uh, colors by uh, Ramon did the coloring too. Uh, Joe Sabino did the letters, and Jace Shaw did the great cover. This is called Night of the Living Deadpool. How yes, brilliant is that? Sir. That's a brilliant title. But get this, like Romero's film. That, that, those original couple movies, in, in addition to like all the zombie gut munching and stuff, there's high concept to it. Like, you had Night of the Living Dead, the whole race struggle, and, and your, your leading man was, was, it was 1968. Dwayne Jones had the title role. You didn't see an African American in the title role. Not, not often. Yeah. Uh, Uh, not often, like almost never. And George got to play around with the racial uh, concepts at the end, where, where you got you probably had this the res- most important thing about that movie. I mean, cult- right, right. You know, from culturally, I mean that that was, oh, yeah. that that beyond being a a horror masterpiece, that is what sets that movie apart. Exactly, but that's the thing about George's early movies. There's always something that sets them apart. Like yeah. in Night was the race thing. At the end, you had the white man come in. You had this black. Um, inc- intelligent, resourceful, very cunning, uh, survivalist, who, who made it through hell, only be smacked down by the white man. 
Okay, mm-hmm. killed, you know. And in 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 Dawn of the Dead, you had the whole consumerist angle with the mall and and the brain dead zombie shoppers, blah blah blah. Yeah. But anyway, well, I mean, so, that's the whole zombie thing. It's right. and I mean it's yeah it's if you want to look at at our fascination with zombies is that it is the the consumerist explosion and it's the the consumption. And the mindless, um, yeah. co- you know, consuming of everything. And that is, that is why zombies, in my opinion, that is why zombies are so popular right now is because it taps into our need to consume everything. Right. Yeah. Oh, you, I mean, at, zombies is a metaphor. That's a, uh, yeah. a rich mean to be. I mean, you could, they, they can really stand for pretty much anything you want them to. Yeah, we, uh, we, we consume everything. Theoretically. That's what we do. And that's, uh, that's why, that's why I think it resonates with people. So you have Colin Bunn, a smart writer. We all know that. Six gun. I mean, the guy's just really good. What he does is, doesn't only inject Deadpool into this, this post, you know, the zombie apocalypse has, apocalypse has struck and zombies are everywhere. What he does is, there's a conceptual hook to this book is really cool. Deadpool is in color. Everything else in the book, black and, black and white, black and white. How cool is that? So, so I mean, it, this is Deadpool in Night of the Living Dead. It, it's he's in the world of Night of the Living Dead. Obviously, it's the Marvel universe too. But in 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 transforming everything to black and white, he's saying, you know where you are. Mm-hmm. This this is this is that place, and it's it's very simple. Like Deadpool wakes up in, in the first couple pages, he he's gorged himself. On all you can eat chimichangas, <laughs> and he, he's awakening from a food coma. Looks around, and there's no one around. He's like, "What the hell's going on?" Goes outside, and it's just like Walking Dead everywhere. But it's it's so smartly written where Colin Bunn gets a chance to play around with actual zombie movies, like Deadpool meets up with these stragglers. It's a couple kids and uh, uh, an army dude that's been bitten. It's really funny. Deadpool's like, oh yeah, there's a great traveling companion, a, a bitten, you know what I mean? Like it's it, that tongue in cheek Deadpool humor, uh, a, a regular soldier and an old lady. And, and they're, they're tooling around, you know, fighting zombies, blah, blah, blah. And they're looking for some place to stay to just to hide out. And he goes almost down a laundry list of notable scenes from favorite zombie movies. <laughs> like you see the Monroeville Mall from Dawn of the Dead. Uh, Herschel's farm from Walking Dead. There's a, there's a, there's a cabin in the woods and Deadpool's going, join us. You see an amusement park from Zombieland, uh, Shaun of the nice. Dead, the Winchester Arms is in here. So, nice. it, I mean, it's Colin Bunn saying, yeah, I know what I'm doing. You know, it, it, little sly, little in jokes to people who love this stuff. And, uh, it's, the story's no big shakes. It's just fun. It's, it's inventive, fun. Zombie killing, and it's Deadpool, you know. But you have to read it because the art by—I've never seen anything by Ramon Rosanas. I was going to say I don't know this fella. Oh my God, he's so good. The—it's it, a very clean line, but everything is is rendered beautifully. The um, the architecture, the buildings, the cityscapes—like immerse your complete immersion into this world. Everything's rendered really, really strong. And, uh, the, uh, there's, there's a slickness to the figure drawing, but it's not like super polished. 
It's a little raggedy, and the zombies are just amazing. And he doesn't draw just like one or two. There are hordes of zombies in this thing. Um, and it's a mature book, so there there is um, this, uh, flesh to be ripped and blood will be spilled. Um, but I just thought it was fantastic. Um, it's a hell of a lot better than supposedly the man that brought it in, the concept into the... The, the world. Um, but gotta give him a little bit of leeway. He is old, but still. Colin, the Colin Bunn knocked it right out of the park. Nicely done. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so Colin's a good writer. Yes, he is. And it's funny. Well, there, there's, you know, a big surprise. It's really it's, amazing how much Deadpool gets insert. Like, they use him for so many different things, right? They use him for this. Like, they just did the Deadpool Illustrated, which were like, you know, inserting him into these different classics and like, they just, they just find different ways to use him, man. I, I they definitely get the mileage out of him. Look, Deadpool is Marvel's uh, zombie. I mean, the guy can fit into any situation. You just can't kill him. <laughs> no, but as Marvel zombies proved, I mean, he's he's there's a, a a version of Deadpool in Marvel zombies that's just a head. It's Headpool. You can't you can't kill him. It's true. Yep. And uh, what was one of the things that? Uh, oh, and I want to take uh, issue with Alex Maleev, who when he's drawing the the flashback to Night of the Living Dead. Did not draw Johnny with his leather driving gloves. Dude, seriously? <laughs> For real. I mean, whatever. Colin is um, going to be pretty busy, or he has been busy, and and, um, and the fruits will um, bear soon. He is actually working on a, um, uh, a Sinestro book. For DC, and the artist on that is uh, Dale Eaglesham. Nice. Uh, he has a Monkey Brain book coming out. Oh, wow! Yeah, and uh, so he is—he's—he's uh, he's got a few things going on. He's getting her done. He is. He is. I'm happy for him. Uh, and um, Rosanna's uh, character—the facial expressions are awesome too. There's there's one part where um, Deadpool's in the back of an El Camino and they're driving, and he's just blowing zombies away like, bah, 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 bah. and the the soldier goes, "Dude, you got to conserve your ammo. Don't waste it." And Deb, Deadpool just looks. Like almost right at the viewer and goes, conserve ammo. Like he he has no concept of what that is. <laughs> it's it's awesome, Jason. If you didn't read this, you would love it. No, I, I haven't read it. I, it was actually off my radar. So yeah, it's uh, great. And I think it's like what four or five issues. It's a mini series. So sweet. Two issues out to date. So you got great concept in the title, great concept in the execution. Uh, the the rendering is beautiful. The writing is fantastic. It's funny as hell, and there's a couple sad parts, but, you know, why wouldn't you read this if you like horror? I don't know. I, I just think it's great. That's awesome. Yep. And what's the artist's name again? I'm sorry, Ramon. Ramon Rosanas. Huh, okay. Yeah, great stuff. And for those of you taking notes, I will be taking notes because our little 11 o'clock notebook has run out of free space. Oh. I am I am writing on the back of an envelope that was hand addressed to me by Mr. Tom Sholey. <gasps> wow. So ding ding, there's my requisite Tom Sholey <laughs> name drop for the episode. So there we go. I think he was happy after last week. He should be. Yes, so. yeah. I was now you go. I was happy after reading his awesome output of last year. Yep. And, th- and, 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 and Jason, I was giving you shit, kind of tongue in cheek. Thank you for all the work that you put into the. Oh, yeah, dude, I love that. I love that episode. That's great. It's, it's, always, it's, it's you put in, you know, loving it. 
is one thing. Putting the work into it is something else. Thank you for the work that you put into that every year. It is not easy, and and thank you. She no problem, brother. <laughs> All right. She <laughs> she. Let's, let's uh, talk more comics. Come on. That is the point of the show, is it not? That's why we're here. That's right. What do we got? I read a shit ton, and that's the scientific term for everyone playing at home, of uh, image books. Wow. Yeah. I read one too, but I I, I can't talk about well, it. you could shout it out real quick. <sighs> no, at the end. That's going to be my, okay, in my travels. That is a perfect in your travels. Yeah. So the first thing I did was read the first five issues. Well, I reread the first one. And then read the subsequent four issues of Satellite Sam, uh, which, as a reminder to folks, is written by Mr. Matt Fraction and drawn by uh, the legendary Howard Chaikin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I read the first issue when it came out. It was a very hyped book, part of the Image Expo of last year, um, and didn't really grab me. I thought it was really, really wordy. And I thought Chaikin looked fantastic in it, but it just didn't capture me. I agree. Uh, but I, th- I think it was the low point in the run. Well, and that's the thing. Some other folks, yourself included, had kept reading it and mentioned that you thought the book got better. And uh, I have to say, having come off Black Kiss 2 last year, uh, I am probably more in love with Chaikin than I have ever been. And so the um, idea of, uh, of of some more shaken comics where he gets to draw naughty bits certainly appealed to me. So I did, like I said, power through it and it does get better. It, um, it, it remains a very wordy book. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's very dialogue heavy, uh, not in an expository way. Like when people think of the, uh, like the 1980s, you know, Marvel comics or the like, but there's a lot there. Um, the premise is a, uh, I guess it's 1950s, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 1950s television show called Satellite Sam. It is the cash cow of this particular television network. And um the star of the the star and creator and owner of the show uh who plays Satellite Sam who is an astronaut, kind of like a Buck Rogers, I guess, or a Flash Gordon type of character. He uh he 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 did. He did. And <laughs> the book is basically a who done it. His son, who is a, a, a producer and director on the show and an alcoholic, um, who looks like his dad, like him is, already. Yeah, is thrust into the role, literally at the last second. Uh, and they come up with some cockamamie story where Sam went to a planet where there's a fountain of youth and, and now he's younger. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, but he, he quickly learns that he didn't know his, his dad that well, that there's a lot of secrets his dad kept, uh, that his dad was a, uh, to say that his dad had purient interests would be an understatement. And, um, and he's, you know, kind of trying to figure out what exactly happened to his dad and, and, and what's going on. There is a tremendous amount of inside baseball when it comes to, uh, TV production and writing and, 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 and filming and, and the business of TV. So, um, you know, it kind of has a vibe of like, uh, like, like the West Wing did for politics, you know, this kind of does for, for radio and TV. Um, which again, you know, your mileage may vary there. Um, uh, that's probably not my favorite, you know, component of the book. Um, but Chaikin to me is the star of this. Uh, he, I, again, I think much like in Black Kiss the year before, 
he is re-inspired. His work is re-inspired. And, um, and, and this book is by no means as, as, as dirty, uh, or sexual as, as, as Black Kiss 2, which, which again, I don't know how it could be, but it's definitely sexual and lots of blowjobs. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and there are def, there are components where Chagan is just having a blast. Um, so I've, I've enjoyed what we've gotten enough to keep going. I, I will definitely say it's a slow burn. Um, but the Chagan visuals, and the uh, the the underlying murder mystery are are definitely enough to keep me going with it. So uh, again, probably not the most resounding endorsement, but 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 in, I've definitely been more missed than hit with Fraction the last few years, and I think this is probably going to line up in the hit category. Nice. Yeah, I envy uh, Jake in a bit um, his ability to render uh, fashion very believable. Um, the, the dude seem, he seemingly can draw like any kind of style of, uh, you, you know, you have your sharp dressed men and your, your, your beautiful women with these awesome gowns on, but he could get, um, you know, down to earth and draw like every man in just like a shirt and pants. And it just looks so great. He knows where all the folds go. He knows where the, the fabric pulls in there and they're just to the right s- spots. It's just, I mean, he has the, uh, the instinct of a fashion illustrator. Mm, it's true, and he—I mean, let's be honest—he can draw a woman's ass like nobody else. Oh true. yeah, I, I, lo- I, I love hearing Jason extolling the virtues of Howard Chaykin. <laughs> like I always said, I know you hate the term that there's there's Chaykin that the—I know you don't like the good bad Chaykin, but but I there were no no. It's, time, it, there was it, a period of time where I didn't care for Chaykin's work as much. I thought he was to clarify. Him. There is good Chaykin and bad Chaykin. It's the People use that term and they don't know what it means because right. he's had his ups and downs. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But, you know but the thing I is, he's, he's such, he is such a polarizing artist that there's a lot of, there are a lot of people out there that will look at good shaken and go, oh, bad shaken. And that mm. they're wrong. It's, I think there, there's, there's stimulated Howard and I think there's very bored Howard. Yes. I think that's what it is. Exactly. Oh, right. Yeah. Most of the, yeah. most of the bored Howard is whenever he's like drawing the Avengers. Yeah, I think that's right. I think uh, no. yeah, that that issue with Captain America it was, was terrible. That nice flash series he did, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but then you look like you know, Chaykin doing Blade was fucking awesome. It was yeah. great. Mm-hmm. I loved it. And I know Jason, that's not your favorite Chaykin. The yeah, but I really, really liked his um, his run on uh, on Blade. Was that did Guggenheim write that? Yes. Yeah, right? Yeah. That was the Guggenheim chicken run yeah. on that, which I, I really, really enjoyed. D- D- Jason, do me a favor. Go back, revisit that. I think that you, <laughs> I think that you might change your tune on that a little bit. You don't now. have anything else to read, right, bro? I was going to say, I only his, have about 20 years of backup stuff to read, but, but you know, uh, but his, that's all his cool. pubic hair looks like steel wool, though. <laughs> Jenkins pubes look like steel wool. Uh-oh. Not not his pubes. Uh-oh. When he draws when he draws pubes, they look like steel wool to me. They look like very coarse. Um, yeah, uh-huh. not yeah, soft I'm, at all. I'm serious though. Go go back, read his read his his Blade Run. It's it's better than you think it was. Uh, fair enough. I, I feel like I vividly remember it. Uh, it was really good. It was really <laughs> good. <laughs> again. I only read half of it. You liked it, I didn't. But that's that's neither here nor there. I think Chicken is 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 doing inspired work uh, the last few years. And, okay. Uh, okay. I can't wait for the Black Kiss 
compendium hardcover. Have you read, have you read Flag yet? Yeah, 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 a little bit. Uh, yeah, some of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, but again, that's his classic work. I don't think, I don't think there's any yeah. dis- that, that, that's, you know, it's, it's more that I think to your point, a lot of people have kind of, especially younger readers don't necessarily, uh, appreciate or, or like Jaken. And I think that anyone that maybe hasn't given him a fair shot in the last few years needs to because I don't know that he's ever looked better. He's definitely putting in, he's putting in the work now and it looks great. You know what? I don't think he fucking cares, which is what I love about Chaykin. What do you mean? Oh, he's such a pisser. I, he, he's like, just doing he doesn't it. Care, I, he doesn't I, care about what people think of him or you mean he doesn't yes, care about the world? Yeah, I, I don't think he, yeah, I don't think he gives two shits what people think about him because he's that, he's that good and he's that that smart it's he i don't think he gives two craps what fanboys think of him uh well i don't know he 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 can be standoffish and he can be I don't a breezer i guess he, he, yeah he's he's done his work he knows what he he knows what he does he knows he the the dude is so fucking smart and so good at what he does both writing and drawing that he doesn't care what we think, and it, that's, <laughs> the, he doesn't. And and that's one of the things I love about him is that he's just doing what he wants to do, and that's that is awesome. And that he doesn't care what anybody else thinks about it is that that is exactly how Howard Chicken should be. Yeah. Well, all all Howard really has to do is. In, in, an, in the event of like some kind of altercation on, the, about the merits of his, uh, ability, just, just get that Stars My Destination book, slap it on the table and say, I'm done. Have you ever seen that thing? No. Star, he did Alfred Bester's, uh, Stars My Destination. It's, it's a masterpiece. It's, it's unbelievably beautiful. Okay. And it's, and it's not just one panel. I mean, there are thousands of panels in this thing. It's, it's, wow. a, I, I forget what it came out in, Late, mid to late seventies. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's just, am- if you can get it, get your hands on it. It's okay. amazing. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's all full color too. How he drew it and painted it and just uh, made it his own. Nice. It's unbelievably nice. beautiful. Yeah. Chicken's awesome. Chicken's great. I agree. It's, I mean, he's, you know, for me anyway, it's definitely in the, uh, the running for, for Rushmore guys. <laughs> How the hell do we carve glasses out of rock? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I love him. I think I think he's 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 so smart. He's got his he's he's you know got his his thumb on the pulse and is unquestioning in what he wants to do. He's got like pure artistic vision and and he's a pisser and I and I love that. Then you should uh read some of his work the last few years. You should read. <laughs> I, I will. Satellite Sam. And he's been laying off the zipatone lately, yes. which is awesome. To me, Thank that you. is a big, that exactly right. I think that, I think he yeah. got a little wonky with the zipatone obsession and I think he's gotten away from that, so. He, he brought it back to a, a, a little, a little bit in the Dark Horse, um, the, uh, Presents, Dark Horse Presents oh, right, series right. that he did. But which I didn't care for, to be honest. I didn't. Nah, I didn't either. It, it's too busy. Mm-hmm. There's just too much going on. Yeah. And I mean, he murderized it in Hot Girl. There are zipatone everywhere, or the digital equivalent, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's there's patterns everywhere in that. It's just oh, it hurts there's, my eyes. That, that's going to be my get at uh, at C two E two this year. Is there's a there's a a shaken page that I'm on the hunt for. 
that one of the dealers has. Huh. And I'm gonna I'm going after a, a chicken flag page. Ooh. Yeah. Well, yeah, why not? If you can get it, why not? Yep. So yep. that's gonna be my get. Nice. You know there's gonna be Ken Bruzenak letters all over the oh, thing too. That's I that, love that's a bonus. That. It's yep. a bonus. Mm-hmm. And I know that Will Pfeiffer is is listening right now and he's like Oh, I know the page you're talking about, Chris. And go, go for it, go for it. He knows what page I'm going for. Hmm. I, I think I, I said something wrong. I know I said something wrong. Back when I was talking about Johnny and Barbara, I said Bo. Johnny was her brother. I don't know why I said Bo. So brother, sure. not Bo. Okay. There you go. There you go. Crazy. All right. I just don't want any forum posts. Huh. You don't want any yeah. forum posts? Not not calling me out, no. Ah. I, now I realize my uh, my error. Unlike Chaykin, you apparently do care what people think of you. A little bit. Just a little. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what else do you have, Jason? You said a shit ton. One does not a shit yeah, ton. Yeah, make. so so uh, the, the, the next one that I read, uh, which I had no uh, expectations for um, until I opened up the book, uh, was uh, Nowhere Men. Oh, yes. Which is uh, actually written by Eric Stevenson, who is better known for his day job as the publisher of Image mm-hmm. Comics and uh, I guess more commonly known to us these days is Ron Richards' boss. Um, <laughs> but Eric uh, Eric occasionally writes, and this is a project I think that's been uh, – it was one of his dream projects and he finally got a chance to put it out. Um, it's it's drawn by Nate Belgard. Uh, colored as are most things these days by Miss Jordy Belair. <laughs> um, the, 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 it's a very complex book. Uh, did, Vincent, it sounds like, did you read it? I've read it, okay. yes. Uh, either, did David or Chris, did you guys read it? Uh, no, not, I no. have it, uh, on the pile. I haven't started it yet. Okay. Uh, the, the premise at its simplest form is what if instead of worshipping pop culture icons like the Beatles if we worshipped scientists. And so there's four scientists, Dade Ellis, Simon Grimshaw, Thomas Walker, and Emerson Strange, who uh, I think certainly not coincidentally look like um, amalgams of the of the Beatles, um, yeah. are the, the world's foremost scientists, and they form a corporation called the World Corp, and they are... Uh, as much celebrity as they are uh, inventors and businessmen. And the book is a very, very audacious effort. I mean, it is a, uh, I read the first trade and uh, it is, it's, there are a lot of huge ideas. Um, it, there's yeah. time hopping uh, between the early period when they're just getting started to the present, uh, to different periods of, of time. Uh, in the present, they're all older men now. Um, and, and the, the narrative jumps from, uh, again, their experiences with each other and, and, and choices they make in building the company up, uh, and then jumps back and forth with a, a group of characters who are stuck on a, uh, a orbiting space station, mm-hmm. which is owned by the World Corp and is a place that they're doing experiments. But at the point in time with which we're picked up, uh, onto their experience, they are all there's 12 of them. They're trapped on the space station. They're quarantined because they have a, a nasty virus, it seems. And uh, basically nobody's coming to get them. <laughs> so, but the thing is, is the virus is having really odd effects on them. <laughs> um, you know, in one case, 
guy's getting almost opaque. In another case, the guy's getting grotesquely, like he's getting this red, almost uh, venal-like growths on his body that are sort of making him look all disgustedly bloated and red, almost like a big giant varicose vein. Um, there's a, a woman who's, you know, getting like linear black lines that are crawling all over her skin. But, but in each case, there's, I mean, there's one woman that just has a really bad headache, but, but, but different things are happening to them and, and they attribute it to being a virus and they decide that the, they're gonna, they're gonna die on the spaceship basically because no one's coming to get them. So, uh, but, but it is a collection of, of super smart scientists. So, uh, one of the guys builds a teleporter. And it's like now or never. Like, do we teleport out, even though we don't know if it actually works, or do we die here on the spaceship? Uh, and and you know, spoilers. Most of them decide to go ahead and jump through the machine and see what happens. Uh, and, and over the course of the trade of the six issues, um, which I've give Stevenson credit, these these seemingly disparate groups of of characters, meaning the creators of of the World Corp, and then this this modern group of twelve scientists, are brought together in an Arctic base. Which is another base owned by World Corp and, uh, and hijinks ensue. Um, but, but it's just a fascinating, I mean, there's all kinds of things going on here. I mean, it's a, like I said, it's a very audacious book. And I would say if I have a critique of it, it's that, um, he's, he's, it almost felt like Eric was so excited to get like this project of his off the ground that he just felt compelled to get all the ideas that were in his mind about this onto the page. Yeah, it's pretty uncompromising. Yeah, you know, it really is. And and yeah. I, you'll have like ten pages of of sequentials, and then bam, three pages of text. Yes, they're, they're, like a a, a a faux magazine article on one of the uh, the the science slash rock stars, and then you'll get some more more sequentials, and then you'll have more text pages. Right, you'll get like so, a ripped out handwritten page. It's supposed to be a diary entry. You'll get like send yeah. an article from Rolling Stone. And again, that, that's credit to he and, and I think phonogra- phonographics who does the, the graphical layout of the book. Um, it's, it's, it's a really accomplished visual, visual package in that regard, but it is daunting in, in trying to read all those text pieces. Um, and, and you're not sure. Definitely not a quick read. What's that? Definitely not a quick no. read. No, no. Um, but I would say that, that in spite of it, it, being very crowded and full of a lot of complex things going on, some of which probably could have been edited out. I really enjoyed it. I, I really thought that uh, I don't think I've read a comic like this in a long time, if ever. I, I think it definitely is unique. And, you know, when you talk about what Image does best, it, it, I think one of the things they have always done well and should continue to do is put out unique comics, comics that you can't find yeah. in other places. And this certainly accomplishes that. Um, you know, Nate Belgard. His art is interesting. It, 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 um, it's just on the side of, 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 of a style that I find appealing. It, it's almost to the point of like, um, of, of like a, uh, a, like a, a Jamie McKelvey where, and I'm not necessarily the biggest McKelvey fan. I, I'm not, the guy's a great illustrator. People love him. He, his like the singular line work though and almost the, uh, the almost delicate features of his characters don't appeal to me usually. And I think Belgard's on that track, but he's just just to the you know to the to the left of it enough that I, I, I found the work appealing. And and I think maybe one of the differentiations is the way he handles drawing the grotesque mutations that are born out of this virus that they all take. And as we find out during the story, I don't want to spoil it, but it's not a virus after all, as we find out it's it's something else which is tied into the founders and, and their work. But but uh 
I think the the, the Bellegarde style is pretty damn perfect for the book, mm-hmm. just because mm-hmm. it's the, there's there's a lot of clean detail in it. Uh, there's a lot of lines, and so you have uh, what some people would call a relatively busy narrative, and I think the art kind of approaches that in style. Like it's not too busy. We're not talking. Um, you know, like a blizzard of lines. Right. There's just, just enough, um, detail in there where I think if there were any less detail, it would be too sparse for the narrative. Like there's a lot going on in this book. So, uh, the art kind of mirrors that in, in a sense. I think it's a nice pairing. I do. I, I do. Uh, and I, I would say that, 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 um, the, the, you're left at the end of this trade, this the first arc with plenty of unanswered questions, but, but there is, um, there's just a lot of, of, of strings that, that tendrils that he leaves you wanting to know more about. And, uh, I found it really appealing. Like I said, it's, it's, it's this grand science fiction trope that, uh, you know, kind of weaves in a little bit of the morality, certainly a teeny bit of politics, definitely some horror. But, but at the end of the day, I think it's a, a, a science fiction, you know, study in humanity and, uh, and, and where science where we should draw the line when it comes to experimentation. Um, you know, you know what it reminds me a lot mm. of Joe Casey's Wildcats 3.0. Mm. Oh, it reminds me okay. a lot of that book. Mm. Just you, you take a convention and flip it on its head. Whereas you had the altruistic, you know, the the foundation of superheroes and Wildcats who were trying to make the world a better place with the batteries and 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 just the dissemination of like new ideas and new concepts and technology. And you have that in a sense here. Where um, scientists are actual rock stars, pop stars. Yeah. They're, they're they're popular, you know. So it's just it's it's a curveball, but I think they're 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 coming from the same place. Definitely, and uh, and, yeah. and you know, I, I so I I do recommend it. Uh, again, I think it's a very uh, challenging, aspirational book, and uh, you know, I got to say it. Uh, I'm I'm getting a little uh, jealous of Stevenson. It doesn't seem like there's much this dude can't do. So you know, yeah. Have you guys read Black Widow? Yes. Oh, you mean the new one with Phil Noto? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I have not yeah. read it yet. I'm not. I like Phil Noto's heart on it a lot. Whew. I'm out. <laughs> oh, oh, really? Oh. Yeah, I'm out. Oh, debate with me. Why don't you like Noto's heart I, on it? I, I think as I, a static, uh, sing, as a static single panel, uh, or cover artist, he's great. Uh, his sequentials, I, I, I can't get into them. I, I haven't seen Black Widow, but really? I would a hundred percent agree with that. Absolutely, Phil Noto in general. I I think Phil Noto should should leave interiors to other artists. Typically, he draws he draws a gorgeous woman, yep. and he has a, an exceptional handle on color. He, his palette is, is is I think extremely beautiful. But when you string him along and add more panels to the mix, I think it doesn't. It, it's not. It doesn't work. I also. For me. I also think he is very. He's one of those artists who, um, cater to a very specific type of of look. If, if if you're going for a certain type of story, he's your guy. What I want to see him. Um, going from Spidey from one month to Wolverine to the Justice League of America. No, but if, if it's, yeah. if it's a, if it's a, um, a quiet story and, um, and, and not a lot of action, he'd be a good guy to go to. Yeah. You guys are wrong. 
No, read it. Re- no, no, seriously, read it. His, his sequentials are fine. It's, um, very solid storytelling, um, kinetic art. He goes from panel to panel. I follow Who writes? it. Um, Edmondson? Right. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, and I understand that, that there are times when noto sequentials are maybe not as um um exhilarating as greg land um stop there you go that, that well, i mean that's what you guys are saying right yeah that's exactly uh, what you're saying no uh, i think we're saying that noto and land suffer from the same thing which is that they don't actually have fluidity or or uh, any kind of of movement in their in their visuals usually but maybe he's uh Maybe no, no, no. Re- 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 I, I think you'll, I think you'll, I think you will change your opinion after reading this. Um, oh, I love the character. I mean, what, what's the? Is there a new take on Black Widow, or is it just? No, sort of- not really. It's you know, it's um, super spy. You know, her 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 time in between the the gigs with the Avengers. Mm-hmm. It's just a, a a new a new series on an old character, and you know, you know, hot. Agent, you know, super spy character, um, you know, definitely uh, appeals to uh, you know my uh, comic book storytelling, um, and and so you know it, it's something that whenever I saw there was a new Black Widow series, I'm always going to check that out. And yeah, no, Noto does you know sexy uh, espionage really well. And no, it's it, it's good. Yeah, I, I'd be very interested to hear your guys' take on the on the sequentials on it. But it's good. It's just a it's just you know good um, espionage storytelling. I, you know, I enjoy it. Is there a supporting cast like, or is it just? I mean, like, yeah, a- she's got she's got a you know a new guy who kind of sets up jobs for her. She's on uh, very much a big moral kick of I'm going to take out the bad people in the world because she's still an Avenger, and so she's trying to right wrongs. And she has a handler who who takes care a lot of a lot of that stuff. And it's you know it's like you know I don't really want to know where the money comes from. And he's like, well, you got to get paid. And She's like, you know, well, I re- I'm, I'm really more about about righting wrongs. He's like, well, okay, but uh, we got to get paid, and so it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of an interesting new world look on, um, um, not, you know, not just espionage, but you know, espionage as as a moral unifier. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but no, I liked it. It's good. How was Edmonton's dialogue? Um. Kind of sparse. Okay. You know, it, it's it, it's really kind of relies more on it's more plot than um, than character development at this mm-hmm. point. So you know, we'll see. I mean, it's still very much in development, and I don't know what he wants to do with Natasha. He's not getting into her, you know, her inner being at this point. So right. it's really, it's really more plot and a little. He did the, uh, the Jake Ellis books that, that Dap and I reviewed back in yes. the day. Yeah. Oh, okay. all right. Yeah, yeah the, the, he did so. the two image uh, series. I think he's done other stuff too, but the activity. Yeah, I think, right? I so, think he, he, he yeah. did. Um, oh shit, uh, Grifter. Yes. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. 
Good old Grifter. Yeah. So until Greg is able to make money doing Queen and Country, this is kind of a nice little way to sate your, your, you know, female espionage agent appetite. Nice. That and Velvet. Mm. Yeah, Velvet's awesome. Velvet's awesome. No doubt. Uh, respect. So David, what you got, buddy? Um, one thing I gave a shot to, um, bang, 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 bang. Glad I did, uh, because it's gorgeous. Um, I think, uh, Steve, um, Steve Few can draw the hell out of some Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. Love it. Uh, I read all new invaders, number one. Mm hmm. And, um, it's basically, the first issue is primarily a, um, uh, both a love letter to Kirby designs and a, <laughs> uh, and, and a pretty cool setup issue. Um, it's, if, if you don't like Jim Hammond, the original Human Torch, you will not like this issue, but <laughs> it is a, um, it's a pretty neat setup. Um, we um we're basically just we're we're um James Robinson is bringing back the invaders and 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 in this case the invaders mm -hmm. uh consists of um the human torch uh Namor the winter soldier and Captain America um but it's it's um it's weird it it doesn't Kind it, it 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 doesn't really remind me of the old um, Invader stuff, the stuff drawn by like you know Frank Robbins. But it it um, oh, it my heart just skipped a beat. I, when you I, said Frank I, I was for you, boo. Oh. Uh, and um, <laughs> but it also doesn't really feel like to me, uh, and whether it's because of how it looks or um, or it's Robinson because he'll, he'll also be writing the, the new Fantastic Four book. Um, yeah. With, with who our, who is his main character going to be through the invaders? Uh, as of right now, it I I would think it's the Human Torch. Looks like Jim Hammond. Yeah, right now. exactly. It's, yeah, there's yeah. no doubt about it, and it's on this old podcast I used to do every once in a while. Um, we talked to James Robinson and his love of Jim Hammond as kind of the first Marvel. Yeah. Superhero is very thick and it's what he made no bones about it that he wanted to do a book about Jim Hammond. This well, is going to this, be a book about the human torch. This was this he, he's got love for the character. It, it, yep. um, you know, Absolutely. he did, he, he didn't shove him in the background. I mean, we, we were reintroduced to Jim and, and it's all, it's all Jim all the time. And, um, yeah, I, mean, I I think um, when you said if you don't like Jim Hammond, you're not going to like this. I think he's trying to warm you up to the character. Oh, absolutely. Because well, yeah, it's not, dude, it's, not, it's not with you know it's 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 a James Robinson book, guys. He's going to go back yeah. and he's going to he's before Jeff Johns there was James Robinson. He's going to go back to the the well of comics history and he's going to reintroduce you to a character that was very important at one point and he's going to try and make you fall in love with him again. And that's what James Robinson does. And it's but it's kind of contemporary because, uh, because he, because um, Hammond, I guess, was recently the victim of some kind of altercation with. When did that happen? It makes it happened no in, in Secret Avengers. 
Yeah, he is um, something about with the okay. Avengers AI characters. I guess he something within his programming or whatever kicked in and he did something that he regrets. It was I don't know the, the specifics Gabriel of Hardman it. drawn issues and Remender written issues. Oh, really? Yeah, that's fine. And um, it's just, so you he, know, bring back the editor's note. Definitely, I, I think that's a great. Oh, point. yes. I, 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 there's I, no I reason they can't put a little asterisk and say "as seen," and I, that doesn't make any sense to me. Or yeah. what they yeah. do with the um, when when they kick off events, you, you have the uh, the cup of Joe where he's telling you about you know other trades you can buy leading up mm-hmm. to this. I'd have loved to have known that you know the, the Secret Avengers collection is out, and and again, oh. you know, to get what Jim's talking about, you can read this. Right. Um, right. So if he's got this guilt, he's walking around with all this yep. guilt, and and he's like, uh, and he's not feeling too great about himself. So it, through that process, you're like, well, you're not so bad. You're an honest working guy. You care about people. Yeah. You seem to be, you know, very heroic. You're throwing throwing yourself between um, pissed off chick with the hammer and the the townspeople. So you know, yeah, you're all right in my book. Yeah. You're not so bad. So I think that's what he's trying to push in this book it, 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 it really is it's it's a human torch issue because aside from a page with present day uh captain america and winter soldier and a cutaway scene with namor you don't you don't see any other invaders except for a flashback right. um it's 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 a human torch book initially and and um there's there's a cree and there's it really is but but a hot Creek. Yeah. Almost big bar to ask. And, uh, yeah. and, and yeah. it's, um. He's all Creek Cree. Super Creek Cree. But it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't feel to me, at least with this first issue, like it's in the same time as current Hickman Avengers or, or even what any, or what Bendis is doing in, in, in the X corner. It, it's kind of in its own little pocket right now. And I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that because this is, I don't need to know what's going on in Captain America's own book or, or what Bucky right. was last doing in Winter Soldier. This is, it's, it's, it's a really cool, um, first issue. It's, it, it, yeah, aside from the Secret Avengers stuff, which I didn't read and, you know, I, I wasn't lost throughout the rest of the book. Obviously, you know, Jim's dealing with some guilt and he's going to work past that, but that didn't hinder my enjoyment of the issue. No. Um, I mean, the, 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 you didn't really need to know. No, what I mean, the completest to me would like to know what he's talking about, but that doesn't mean that, you know, we won't get some sort of flashback later on. So, um, that aside, I, I thought this was a real, I mean, this, this could have been my, my in your travels for this week. I, I think, um, if, if you are a, if, if you're a fan of, of a team book and, and a slightly different team in, in, you know, that, that, that's not in the Avengers, which seems to be a, a, a ever growing team. It, this is, uh, this looks like it's going to be just a nice little, um, Book about a team who goes back a ways and, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm interested in seeing, you know, present day and, and, and we're all, I mean, these characters who have been around forever and, and, uh, I, instead of reading an invaders book that, you know, takes place during World War II, we're, we're going to get them now in the present day and, and, uh, and I think it, it looks great and, uh, and I'm yeah. I, I'm I'm a Robinson fan, so I'm definitely I'm on board. It's uh, I I I didn't know what to expect going in, and 
and I, I, I still was pleasantly surprised, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, you know, whenever the name Steve Pugh's mentioned, I, I automatically think horror. Sure. Be, be, the, the, or, or, or science fiction because you get Grimjack and the stuff he did for Helix and, and Vertigo and, uh, um, you know, yeah. Um, but I gotta say, the guy can draw anything. There, there, there was sections of this book where they were so slick uh the 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 full page uh thing where cap and bucky show up you would swear that mcginnis drew bucky yeah i, I mean at first glance it's so sl- it's beautiful you know there's also um oh crap who did um was it um was it weiss who did uh who did steel grip sharky steel grip sharky i have the damn book right that here that was weiss right cuz and cuz he also yeah, did uh, he also worked for for defiant but yeah, there's there's some of that I, I get on here. Um, there's only two scenes in the book. I mean, it's it's a fast moving book. True. The 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 first um, scene takes place in the desert. You have the Cree coming down, and they're they're looking for going a piece after of, that uh, Legion of Superhero character. <laughs> they're, they're they're looking for a piece of something called uh, the the God's Whisper, and then then it then it flashes to Illinois, at, where Jim is a mechanic. And this, this Cree, um, warrior, uh, who's been charged with finding the third piece of this, this, this device thinks that Jim Hammond has it or knows where it is because he's got memories buried of the Nazis. And I guess, see, I, I was talking to David about this. I said, is that a real deal? The, the Nazis use the machine. Yeah, the Red on, Skull and uh, Hella. On Hella to to bamboozle Hella into working for them, and it's like if you have something a device that could could uh, persuade a goddess to to do to do whatever you want. Why are the Skype sounds coming through? I'm not, I'm getting, I'm not hearing anything. I'm hearing the doors opening and closing and the the whatever. Um, so I mean, this is big doings, but that's all the first issue was, and I thought it was great. Yeah. It, it, was, it was screaming fast. You know, I I um. I'm looking at the page now where where Cap and Winter Soldier show up, and that shield is fucking huge. Oh, I didn't even notice. <laughs> it is. I mean, and, and I mean, and, and Cap's knee is in the foreground. I mean, and, I mean, in perspective wise, Cap looks okay, but but I, I'm looking at the shield, and it's 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 huge. Um, but no, yeah, I I definitely want to see because I mean that last page, even after Cap and Winter Soldier show up. And and uh, join the fray. You have uh, we we cut to the Cree homeworld, and there's something going on with the fourth member. And you know, I love to know more about this situation and and um, and how he got there. That and yeah, so it's it's yeah it it was a pretty neat setup. I mean, Ro- Robinson told a pretty cool tale that uh, that that has me hooked with the first issue. Yep. Would you? I'm sticking with it. Yeah, me too. Just for Pew alone. Yeah. I mean, no, not to say the story. I'm just saying, but but Pew's art alone is just nice to see. Um, what did y'all think of Avengers World? I read the. I, I finished the second issue today. Um, I I had notes for that as well. Well, well real brief. It, it's um, I. It's nice to see. I mean, it's post Infinity, but it's nice to see them go back. To those plot lines, that the, the, those threads that Hickman kicked off in the early issues of his Avengers book, um, 
I, I'm glad that, you know, we're, we're going back to AIM Island and, and, and the, the, uh, the Omega Bomb and, and that I was glad to see because once Infinity hit, we haven't touched on that and, mm-hmm. and, and the Avengers proper book seems to be going in a different direction. So it's cool that this series or at least this arc is touching on that. What, um, who did we lose? Chris, I, th- I think that's why the the sounds kept popping up. They were uh, uh, add and drop sounds. Ew. Um, <laughs> one thing, one thing I'm not keen on, and I don't know if I don't know if this is Spencer reading the second issue, especially after reading Wade's Hulk. I really don't like Banner's voice in this book. Oh, interesting. Um. And I'm not sure if, if, if that's just Hickman writing Banner because it's not like we got a shit ton of Banner in, in Hickman's Avengers. Um, so I don't know if this is Spencer being cute or if this is just, you know, them not comfortable. The, if Hickman isn't keen on writing, I don't know, but there were some things, some parts of the dialogue that just kind of don't, um, make me cringe a little bit. But I, th- okay. I mean, I, I like, I like Sally's art. I, I, I'm, I think the book looks stunning. Me too. Vince, tell me you read it. I have issues one and two. I haven't read you it. You gotta get to the end of the second issue, bro. Dude, you have to get to it. <laughs> Dude, I got, I got one word for you. Madripoor. It's ridiculous. <gasps> yeah. I, I don't want to spoil nice. it for you because I want you to be gleeful, but there is a moment involving Madripoor. The, 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 some of the Avengers are dispatched to Madripoor because shit is going to hell in a handbasket. And so it's like Genosha. They destroy Madripoor forever, so we can't ever see that place again. No, no. Although maybe, <laughs> although yeah. it may actually happen, depending. It, Why it's that big? Yeah. Wow. But the reason it's that big, you are going to plot. It's a Krakoa. Way better than that. Mm, way better than that. Way better. Way better, dude. Does it have to, does it involve the brood? Nah, 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 nah. Nah. Way better, dude. You'll, you'll like it way better than the, than, than either of the ideas you just threw out there. How about Dire Wraiths? Way better. <laughs> mm. Well, Dire Wraiths yeah, would yeah, be pretty say, cool. Maybe not, that might be your <laughs> ultimate, but it's right under that. Wow. Well, it okay, I'll read the it. same era of Marvel Comics, though. Ooh, now you got me thinking. <laughs> you yeah. need to read that shit. Yeah. Wow. Good. And then leave it to Hickman to do something like that. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Totes. Get on Totes my goats, as my son would say. My, my kids say that all the time, too. Ridiculous, right? Did, did, they, did, did, did I, they say I love you, man? Well, I know no. Jason's kids probably didn't, but... No. Okay. That, that was a funny movie, but yeah. What, say that, that in that movie? Yeah. Uh, no, they, 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 they don't think so. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of the Avengers world so far. I wasn't sure I needed another Avengers exactly, title. Yeah, same forward. here. Yeah. I definitely don't need these, co- that, that first issue cover. I can do without that. A little janky. Yeah. Uh, I have one more image book to shout out. Go for it. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, it's by our boy Rick Remender. And it's not Black Science, although that continues to be awesome. It is, uh, his new number one, um, by Remender and Mr. Wes Craig with brilliant differentiating and highly fantastic colors by Mr. Lee Lowridge. 
I'm talking Ooh. about Deadly Class, number one. Oh, I didn't read it. Oh, it is tight and right, yo. Remender is on a tear, man. He's just, he's killing it. Uh, on a tear on the Skype, too. Or the, the Twitter. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Not bad, uh, I mean? So not very. Go ahead. I won't. I don't want to muddy it. Well, so this book is set in 1987. Uh, there's a 14 year old homeless boy, uh, and he's living a shit life, dude. He's homeless. I mean, straight out. You know, he's he's sleeping in alleys, trying to get food. Other dudes are stealing his shoes while he's sleeping. <laughs> I hate that. I mean, there's nothing humorous about it. It's very like dramatic. It's not like like it's just, and and you find out why he's homeless. And uh, let me just say that, uh, yeah, he he'd be all fucked up from this, right? I mean, he's like you you his parents were killed in an absolutely horrible, uh, one in a trillion shot way, um, and he's just trying to get by. He's suicidal, you know. He's barely hanging on, uh, and then. He's presented with an opportunity that he didn't see coming, uh, and, uh, ultimately accepts the opportunity. And I'm going to stay vague on, on that for the reason, because that's the big reveal of the book. But, but, mm. uh, but this is a, a very street level book, if you will. There, there's no, no superpowers, no mysticism, no science fiction. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's a, a world. It's set. It could be set in our reality, basically. I mean, there's some fantastical elements in terms of what he's being asked to do and 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 that sort of thing. But uh, but this is not, you know, this is not a, a supernatural or super book, if you will. Um, the, the the art. So so I have seen Wes Craig did a run on uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, um, which I enjoyed well enough. But you you would never have convinced me that this West this guy is the same guy as that. It, this book is stretching out. It's it's it, dude. It's it's like Paul Pope esque, man. Wow. It's it's really really strong work. I mean, it is really really strong work. I mean, the uh, the, the visuals are just just stunning, and and he draws characters with such flair. Uh, and again, you know, they're not in costume. I mean. There is an absolutely breathtaking ingenue in the book that's t- all tatted up. And I was just thinking, what a fucking chore this is going to be for Wes as this book goes on <laughs> because her entire body is tattooed up and she has to, tra- he has to draw her that way in every scene. I mean, but he created the character. So I mean, it, but, but it's an accomplishment. Um, but, uh, it's, it's, it's hard to get to talk about the book without giving away the conceit of the book because that's the big hook. But I don't want to do that. Um, I will instead offer the fact that Rick talks very openly in the back page, the back matter, about his inspiration for this book. Uh, you know, Rick uh, apparently moved every two or three years as a kid. So he was always the new kid and having trouble fitting in. And uh, he was finally settled three or four years in Phoenix, Arizona. And had made a bunch of friends and was sort of the, uh, you know, he was a, he was a, a, a punk you know, he was a, a, in the, into the punk scene and was really happy. And then right before the start of high school, they move again to uh, like a, 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 a town in the south where, you know, punk rock and alternative and that kind of thing is just not accepted. So he basically spends the next few years getting his ass beat. And he he lived in a very dangerous area. And he said that uh, in 1987, like he saw a friend get his head blown off. He saw another friend get shot in the back. 
he saw a friend, um, uh, you know, uh, commit suicide in front of him and uh, he got beaten up twice by gangs. So he said it was just a really shitty period of his life where he just was surrounded by violence and, uh, and, uh, like despair. And he wanted to revisit like that, that those feelings in, in, you know, inter, inter, interwove those, those feelings that were going on in the eighties and, and how he felt in the eighties, uh, into a story. And so this book is like just visceral, man. It's just coming at you from like Rick's inner demons. You know what I mean? And I love that he's just putting himself out there like that. So, um, it's rough. It's, it's rough, man. It's rough. It's, it's, it's great though. It's, it's just great. You know, I mean, I, again, I'm a unapologetic Remender fan. There's not much the guy does that I don't love. So, so I, I suspect that I would love this, but, but it's, it's the West Craig art that just, uh, just, just blew me away. Um, you know, it's, it's just gorgeous. The panel layouts are fantastic and, uh, just, man, I'll tell you what. I mean, he has taken it to the next level. It, it is, it is Grampa-esque. It is Paul Pope-esque. It is, uh, I mean, it's, it's just stellar artwork. It's, it's, it's absolutely stellar artwork. And there's character designs that are, that are great. We're introduced to a, a, a band of misfits, each with their own very distinct look. And, uh, uh, and last, but as I mentioned, Lee Lowridge just kills it on the colors. The, the way he's doing the coloring is each panel is basically a primary color. You know, like the entire panel is yellowish. Or the next panel's all different shades of green. The next, you know, the next three panels are all different shades of blue. Um, and, uh, it's, it's just breathtaking. Uh, it's action packed. It's, it's, it's going to be a home run. I'd be shocked if this isn't one of those books this year where just everybody's talking about it, you know, as one of the breakout books of this, this image class. And, uh, you got to get on it, man. It's just a complete, and it's a complete departure from black. Like it's just, it's just in every way a different, book than black science you know what i mean it's like the other side of the kind of stories that rick likes to tell um and you know we've we've gotten glimpses of this kind of storytelling from him in the past you know from like strange girl and you know other sorts of things like that so it's this is not unfamiliar ground for him but he hasn't visited it in a while and uh i'm, I'm sure glad he's back so you guys got to read it so we can talk about this more i just i don't want to spoil it yeah, okay i got it i got it i just didn't i didn't open it up yeah dude and I want to hear. I mean, this Craig stuff is. I, I got to get up on on this this artwork like pronto. What if it's all digital? You'll cry. It is. It isn't. I've already <laughs> nice. been. It's already been confirmed for me. It's not. So I'm all set. Thanks. It's been confirmed. Mm-hmm. Look at so that. Did we lose Chris for like? Yeah, I can't. I can't get him back on. That's hmm. jank. Which Marvel stuff? <laughs> well, but it was Robin's said, love. It's true. Yeah, I was very pleasantly surprised. I thought it was it was a fantastic first issue. Yeah, 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 definitely, I agree. And the flashback was great too. Who's um, Major Liberty? The 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 stand-in for Captain America. I don't know who that was. You mean was it? You mean you're not sure if it was an, an existing character or if they made made it? Yeah, I don't remember ever encountering encountering that that character before. Major is it? Was it Major Liberty? See, was that his name? There was a there was a character um in one of the annuals, I think um He looks right. familiar, it, but um he does look familiar because he's wearing that hat with the mask. Yeah. And um doesn't inspire confidence going into battle looking like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh but uh I mean it's odd that Captain America wouldn't be there. 
Right, and neither was um neither was neither was well, neither was uh, Toro. Yeah, well Bucky was there, which means it's of that period where he and Cap were assuming it's of that period where he and Cap were partners. So I mean, why wasn't Cap there? It just there there's maybe that's his um his wonky memories. Maybe there's things that are spilling over into other events and vice versa and just cross pollinating. You know, that would explain why Cap wasn't there in this major he, Liberty guy was. He is he is an existing character. He uh he first appeared in August nineteen forty one in the comic book USA number one. There you Stunt go. Yeah. That Robinson would use an old character. Uh like that. but the appearance of his death is all new Invaders number one, cover date March two thousand fourteen. Nice. So we saw his death. Huh. But yeah, where's Spitfire, my favorite vampire ever? <laughs> he died real good. <laughs> or the uh, uh, or Miss America. Mm. And you know, every time you, it, it's it's really strange. Like I bought the Invaders back in the day in the seventies. Uh, I enjoyed them. I guess buy? I can't tell you. Um, I brought the Frank Robbins issues, that's for sure. Um, I don't remember who created the Invaders. Roy Thomas. Roy Thomas. Art okay. By. Frank Robbins. There we go. Nope. Frank Robbins. Nope. Mm, could it have been Frank Robbins? No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Frank Springer? <laughs> uh, I would say, let me see, if it was Roy Thomas, first issue was probably... It wasn't, I don't, th- don't want to say it John was... Was it John Buscema? I think you're close, Vince. Close to that code. Sal Buscema. Sal Buscema, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so I bought the original Invaders. and eh, you know, it wasn't my favorite book. Sometimes you'd have a Kirby cover. Yeah, agreed. Not on that. Um, but what John Byrne did with the Invaders in the pages of Namor, yeah. that yeah. was good stuff. That was really good. I mean, Byrne used the original Human Torch to great effect, I Yo, thought. That is a series, like every now and then when we do questions, we'll get like, what are some underappreciated series from back oh, in the that, day? That That's one, one that should always be mentioned, dude. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. You're right. Loved that book. Yeah. I don't know if I, 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 I didn't, Magnate. I, I didn't really stick with it for too long when, um, when he stopped drawing it and Jay Lee came on. Um, it got different, but it, it was still good. Yeah. Yeah, but I thought there's yeah, a guy I, like the Jay Lee of that book is not the Jay Lee today. No, 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 no. Um, I have that bound, library bound. That's right. When you were doing that library bonding for a while, yeah, I love that. You were series. All up in it, that library bonding. I'd like to get back into it. I mean, can you? Not from uh, James's place, right. but uh, from where the I mean, the alternate sources. They seem to be doing really good work oh, yeah. and. Yeah, and uh, from what I've read, they're less than twenty bucks a bind. When 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 that whole thing fell apart, I like never got, a, I never did, any, I never bound anything. Like I always thought that maybe I would, but then once he got, yeah, I miss him. Um, they did really great work, and it was it was weird. It was right at the start of the custom covers. Like you can design right, your own right. cover, just and I had all these covers designed and a bunch of books waiting to to be bound because I was working on the covers. I, I must have had at least ten or fifteen. Uh, binds to do, and then we got word that they're not doing them anymore. It's like, ah, damn! I still have some of them in in the. Yeah, I used to package them in groups of twenty five in like a magazine uh, poly bag. I still have them bag some of those runs. Mm-hmm. Just never took them out. Yeah, no doubt. 
I love, you could sit down, read a nice 25 issue run of some of your favorite comics. You don't have to worry about them getting all shitted up. They're getting a nice hardcover and it's just great. Mm-hmm. Real books. Real dough. Yes. Is there- I read some, I read some stuff. Um, it didn't surprise me because I consider this guy a really great writer no matter what he does. He's a little twisted though. Um, David Lapham. Well, yeah, I heard about him being twisted. Yeah, we've been talking to him about him a lot lately. I know. And, and that's one of the reasons why because he's on the tip of my tongue a lot sure these days. Uh, I read, uh, Ferals. F- fer- and, like feral, like feral, yeah, like wild. Yeah. Ferals, uh, Ferals, whatever. And, and I read, uh, Dan the Unharmable. Mm-hmm. Both of them from Avatar. And <laughs> like Avatar he's, start cutting you a check. He's a twisted dude, Mr. David Lapham. Um, I lo- I've, I thought they were great, but um, it, it, the, he really pushes the boundary on the violence. Like, no surprise, right? You're working for Avatar, you're going to push the boundary. But Feral's is really violent. I mean, it is exceptionally violent. Um, this this from a guy who talked about crossed Badlands with uh with the of frying pan. Yeah. It's, it's, it, the violence is pretty close to crossed. It really is. Um, it's, there's a cult of werewolves, um, that, uh, exist. It, it's, it's like, um. Yeah, I read the first issue. You didn't like it? Not my cup of tea, but, but again, I, no. I, I'm not surprised you liked it. It's, it's, again, I'm, I'm just not, Avatar is just not usually my, my, it's, it doesn't quite float my boat. Yeah, I mean, the, it's kind of a, the main character is not a very likable guy, uh, uh, and he, he, uh, bangs out this one blonde in a bar one night, and, uh, the, the sex is so intense that she scratches his back, and she is, um, has this wolf, um, it's not true, uh, lycanthropy, it's, it's more like she gets feral, uh, and her, her, and, uh, like kind of Wolverine-ish, like they have a, a kick, their, their healing factors kicked up, um, they're, they're strong, they're fast, but they don't turn completely into a wolf, like th- their nails grow and they have to keep cutting them down, uh, but like that's the extent of it, but there is a true, um, werewolf in it and it's it they regard they they call it the old one or 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 something along that lines and when when the old one dies another one of them have to take its place by drinking its blood and they turn uh super uh werewolf like like i mean it's a big werewolf it's like um if you've ever seen the howling of course the, the uh, it's bigger than that uh, remember the toy uh from uh mcfarlane i think it was uh was it uh, Wetworks had a giant werewolf? I mean, it's a big friggin' werewolf. And uh, there, there's a mystery and, and who killed who. But I just thought it was great because it's just unrelenting violence. I mean, legs get ripped off. There's nudity all over the place. Heads popped. And it's just, it's crazy. And I kept reading it just because I wanted to see how he was going to push the boundaries with the next murder. Because if, if you, you know, quarter someone... A woman and leave her all splayed out with her nene hanging out. Her nene. What are you gonna do for an encore? Oh, funny shit. Just, the violence just <laughs> keeps getting ramped up, you know. And Dandy Un- the Unharmable is just kind of a silly book, but it was it was endearing to me. Um, again, not a very likable main character, but he somehow has he's indestructible. Nothing, hence the title, Dan the Unharmable. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, he um, he likes to do good things, but he's not a very driven man. He likes to sleep. That's his favorite thing, sleeping. And uh, he finds himself with child one day. Uh, someone comes to him and claims that they're his daughter and that they're part of a cult. Uh, again, another cult. What is it with Lapham and cults? Uh, and it's it's a you know a whodunit in a road movie, a road comic, and again, there's a guy with a huge dick in it. <laughs> it's Avatar, you know what I mean? So it speaks to me. I could read this stuff all day, mm-hmm. and uh, that that huge member, unfortunately for the bear, gets gets ripped off, and <laughs> it's messed up. I had a good time reading them. I, I, I can't claim they're high art, but then again, I'm not always looking for high art. You know? Oh, that's I cool. love, I love Avatar. I mean, I like the worst movies on the planet. I will yeah. sit down and watch a string of just horribly bad movies, and I get much enjoyment out of them. Avatar, <laughs> Avatar comics to me are like, like horribly bad movies. No, there's a the back of the, this. of the trade paperback endorsement. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's messed up, you know? Oh, it's shit. Like, Kill them all. Well, and, yeah. Read some Copra events. Oh, you could. There's no way you didn't like it. No way. I'm I'm very confident that you just loved it. I am five issues in. Nice. Six is the end of yeah, uh, the rough first arc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, first of all, I have to say, um, I don't know, like the conduit, but I have to give Marvel credit. You know, Michael Fief, is it Fief or Fife? I don't know, but I think it's Fief, but do you know he... I say Fife, so I'm Okay, probably maybe it's Fife. Do you know that he, uh, he's the new writer of the, of, of the Ultimates? I do know that. It's actually, I'm curious to try it. To try, I haven't read an Ultimates book in a long time, but... Oh, I'm in. I'm in. I'm definitely yeah. in. Yeah. And I'm, yeah, I'm gonna buy it in single issues too. And he's also part of the people involved with, uh, one of the, per- one of the people involved with the, uh, new, um, Captain Victory book before um, uh, Dynamite fucks it up. Right. <laughs> uh, I won't be reading that. But. Oh, dude, you have no. to read it. The laundry list of creators on that, no, there's no way you can't read it. Dynamite is over for like the decade for me. <laughs> wait, a minute, wait, 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 wait. Back, isn't it, isn't it Remender writing it? There's a bunch of people involved. Dude, Remender, I don't think Remender's writing anything for Dynamite. I don't know. I, I don't know. I remember his name attached to it, but anyway, tell 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 me how much. Wait, you I thought you just said Michael Fife was right. No, no, no. He's he, there are a bunch yeah. of people. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it, it, there's. Uh, I'll um. You keep talking. I'll bring up the thread. Yeah. No. So so well, it's it's interesting because you know uh, I I this book is uh, rarely has there been a book as like universally praised on our forum community as this book um internets not i mean it's one no, of those you're right, it's yeah, not you're even right. just our forum where we we have a like a bubble but i mean yeah. it's spilled out into other places and it's actually kind of cool i was like like looking at some uh reviews and critiques of it on on the interwebs and uh the first review i came across was on cbr but you know who wrote the review our boy alec barry Look at Young that. Alec Barry wrote, wrote the review. Apparently, he's doing reviews for them on on the. All right, t- t- time out. The, the Captain Victory and the Galactic Rangers mm-hmm. by Dynamite in July. Created by Jack Kirby. Creators include Connor Williamson, Jim Mahfoud, Nathan Fox, Told you, Michael Fife, Farrell Dalrymple. Hmm. Yes. Joe Casey. Mm-hmm. 
That's the writer. Casey's the writer. Benjamin Mara. Oh my god. And are, are you, are you ready, Jason? Jason, are you ready? Are, no, no, I think I got you back. Jim motherfucking rug. Oh snap! I'm up in there. It's the best oh. for that, bro. I'm up in there. <laughs> oh, and had that dynamite. Go. There you go. I had that dynamite publisher well, of the year, you know, 2015. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now continue, please. Okay, so Copra, um, and I don't want to be redundant. I know you've talked about this, Vince, uh, but it is. Uh, I, I think the, the the most endearing component of it frankly is that it is 100 percent michael fife i mean it, much like we've praised tom Scholey's work or jim's jim rugg's work it, you know this is created written laid out drawn penciled inked lettered stapled published everything by michael he he he, he had an idea for a story i don't know if he tried to get publishers and couldn't or, or he just decided to do it himself from the jump, but he just, he made the book and put it out. And I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I think one of the other impressive components of this is that he put it out with fair, fairly strong regularity in spite of the fact that he did everything on it. Oh yeah, super regular. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I don't know his connection to Bergen Street, uh, friends of the show, uh, but, but there must be some connection because Bergen Street has kind of almost become like his, his like, PR agents, they, they have, they have at their expense put out two compendiums, which, um, the first one print, reprints the first three issues, the second one reprints the next three issues, and- There's three. Hmm? What? There's three, three compendiums. I thought there were two. No, it's three. Okay. Uh, yeah. but there's been what, 11 total issues? Is that right? Um, you may, I see 11 or 12, okay. yeah. Um, but, but Copra is essentially Michael's take on, uh, the Suicide Squad, really. I mean, that's what he's, he's yeah. come out and said it. It's not like, uh, I'm making a leap there. He, he, he loves the Ostrander Suicide Squad and he wanted to pay homage to that. So it's a, it's a cast of, 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 of odd, uh, heroes, <laughs> or I don't even know if heroes is the word, but of, of, of odd superpowered beings that are part of a paramilitary unit sent on missions. And, uh, much like in Ostrander Suicide Squad, the name implies they, many of them aren't long for the earth. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, it's got that, it's like, it's like Suicide Squad melds with Shioli's just totally out there raw yeah. sensibility where like there are no rules and like whatever is going on in his mind is going to be one to the page. Um, and, and the thing, I was talking to David about this earlier because I will say that I, don't f- oh my bad, my bad. Yeah, well, <laughs> I I don't think that I have come away from the first five issues in love with the book for the book. Like I'm in love with the accomplishment of the book. Yeah, that Michael did all this on his own, and that it it like it, it was him and his driving force, and he didn't let anything stop him. And then as a result, he's now getting like jobs other places, and he's he's getting a name for himself. But as a work, I'm not sure I loved it. I enjoyed it. I think the craft is, and it's, it's quite impressive. But I, I didn't, I, I'm struggling to make the connection as to why this book is resonating so universally in the sense that I don't know that he's really breaking much new ground. Like I don't. Oh, no, no, I don't think he is either. Mm-hmm. So what is it about it that you think is making it transcend 
you know, the many other, I mean, this is again, not the first time someone's done a book like this. Do you, is it the rawness of it? Is it the, the, the fact that he created the whole thing? I mean, is that what you think differentiates it? No, I, for, just from speaking as someone who has read eight out of the, um, 11 mm-hmm. or 12 issues, there's a sense of unexpected on every page. Like I, it's so unhinged. You, you can't pin it down. You never know where it's going to mm-hmm. go. It's, you, it's just, it's, it's freewheeling. It's, it's seemingly unscripted. Like right, when I right, said right. The, the, the panels don't look so much drawn as they, they feel like they're grown. Like there, it, it's just, it careens from one scene to another and you, the the he takes the time i'm just spitting out a bunch of different things he takes the time to quiet things down enough for a little character bit where this giant brain in a in a fishbowl who has a minion that that just all this minion does seemingly is apply these 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 stick on eyes to to her bowl and when one falls off she gets so pissed off and just destroys yeah, the guy yeah. like like that to me like you wouldn't see that the, the, like that just it wasn't a relative a calm scene but it was a neat little character moment where you had i mean this person or this thing or whatever it is in that bowl is is batshit crazy and will destroy someone you right know, if well I, I, that's why i think it reminds me so much of surely like you know like an, like an american barbarian when two tank common is this giant egyptian guy yeah with tanks for feet and you're like huh but you know he just lets it go like he's not concerned about does it make sense he just wants to have fun with it it's I don't think there was an ulterior motive to these comics other than making comics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that, and that's what it feels like. There, there's a, there's a, an honesty to that, to the, the, the proceedings where it just feels like this natural, the story is like a natural progression of, of creation from this guy and you, you've been blessed with a, uh, an armchair, uh, view of it and you can just see it unfold. It just feels, it feels special. There's a, it just feels right. I don't, I don't, I don't know any other way to put it. And I, I read the, the first six, uh, more than once. And I, I gotta say, there's a lot of Frank Miller in, uh, in, oh, yes. uh, Fife's, Fife's rendering. Yeah. A lot of Frank Miller. True. Not to the point, not to the point where he's aping him, no. but it looked, the, the, the implement with which he lays the line down feels to me like maybe, like a bamboo nib or or something that's that's like a wooden tip uh implement it ju- it doesn't seem like he's using a pen yeah, it could no, be yeah it, cuz it, it's it's like you look at the the um the outline of some faces and it's almost like there's four lines making up the outline of like of a, a like a rake yes, yeah. yeah um and, and it just it just feels the the line is super organic it and it's not fu- there's no fuss to it at all he's not uh, sculpting the thicks and the thins. He's just laying it down, but it just seems to flow from the guy naturally. And, and you get the brushy darks where scum, like he's scumbling on the page and just getting that dark down there and the, the, the kineticism of the book. I just, I think it's freaking amazing. I, I don't know how else to. I like the, uh, the design elements of, of, the, yeah. uh, of just the, the, the objects and, and, uh, the, so far, I think my favorite character, I'm, um, I'm up to, uh, about the third issue, but I think the, uh, the Doctor Strange character, yeah, but- I, I absolutely love him, but it, it's, and, and I, you know, the, 
tricks and and the way the uh the, the magic I'll call it was was laid out and how that was all um performed. I love the lines with that. Um and then you had Doctor Strange's apprentice for many years before she bit the big one. There's there's an analog uh to that in here. What's her name? Clea? 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, that the his apprentice in here is just that's just Clea. Um but like like Jason, I um I think it it's out there and I I really like the way it looks and and I think that um I can understand why um people have glommed onto it for for lack of a better word but I as I'm as I'm getting into the series I'm not quite sure what it is that was um that blue socks off everybody. It, it's and, and it's not. I mean, I'm. I have you know eyes wide open, and I'm 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 giving it every benefit of the doubt because I, I I want to. I don't think it's one of those things where I'm. It's suffering because everybody else hyped it up, and I you know I'm, I'm mm-hmm. looking for a fault or anything. I just right. I, I, I I I want to like it, and 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 things. You know, it, it starts off pretty cool and, and, you know, it's, it's a special, it's a secret mission that he didn't tell anybody about. It. And I, I think everything is, is, uh, is lined up to be a pretty cool storyline and, and the way things, the way the shit hits the fan at, at, by the end of the first issue. I'm, I'm enjoying what Fife is doing. I just, it's, it's not, I don't know if, if I had read more of it. If it would have been a contender on on my eleven o'clock, just like it like it was for so many other people, maybe if the um, the fanfare wasn't there. That's what I'm saying, just, right? That, yeah, and you just went into it just for with no expectations. I don't know. I think maybe you, you had preconceived like God. There's so many people out there that are just you know jonesing absolutely. on this thing. It's got to be freaking great. Um, another component of uh, the my enjoyment of the book was tactile the the two compendiums are weighty and the paper's thick and um just just the 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 ink is just, it just lays on the paper so nice and you can you can feel it just it it brushes up against your fingers it's got this nice heft to it and the the covers are thick and you you can't you can't pick it up and and not um be kind of impressed with the the just the I'll say girth. Just the, the weight of the damn thing. I mean, there's three issues and it feels like six. It feels like a trade. It's so, the, the paper's so, so, uh, heavy. I, that was another part of it. I, I liked the way it felt. I liked the way it, it looked. Um, and, uh, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a one man band and it's just, I thought yeah, it was I do, damn I do impressive. respect that. I think, you know, I mean, and, and it's in color and, and I mean, and he's not like, it, it's not a bunch of talking heads. There's, there's no. stuff going on on every page and the panel layouts are unique. It, it, it's not like he, he Xerox the nine panel grid and he's just drawing right, it right, right. boxes right. on the page. It's, there has, there, there's, just love and it, this. You're right. And there's that one sequence where uh Vincent and the the apprentice are trying to do that spell yep. where, where where she gets all all messed up and he, it just completely changes the 
the the way the the sequentials flow. It's a double page, and and some of the lines from one panel bleed into the another yeah. panel, and they, they're intertwined. And it's just like you, that's the, that's one of the things again I liked about and, it. you. And just did not page, know what to expect. The, the next page, as he's saying, stand back, but the 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 word balloons are cut because of of the the way all the lines mm-hmm. are made in the panel. It's it it's it's unique, and it and design wise, it's it's a stunning piece of work. Oh, he def- definitely takes advantage of all the opportunities the uh, the medium affords him. Uh, he plays with with all the and he breaks a lot of comic book conventions too, which is really cool. I mean, it's a, I think it's a complete package. Uh, the uh, the characters are are like again no stretch. There's an Amanda Waller clone mm-hmm. called called uh, what's her name Sharon Sonia and, uh, Sonia Sonia. There's a Sharon in the book too. Yeah, I believe you. Where am I hearing Sharon? Um, Wire is really cool. You get this skinny ass kid who has just so happens to have a massively powered exoskeleton. It's uh, and again, not a huge fan of Suicide Squad. I like them uh, from Ostrander. I thought it was a decent book, but you know, not not one of my tippity top favorites. It's not one you'd expect somebody mm-hmm. to do a riff on for their no, own creator no. of the book. No, but then again, we have enough Justice League and Avengers riffs. Mm. You know, it was nice to see. Uh, someone expressed love for the Suicide Squad, and and I think he takes it beyond that. Yeah, that was a springboard, but these characters are pretty damn cool, and people die, and 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 there's consequences, yeah. and uh, and giant brains and fishbowls. Uh, I mean, I'm not, I I'm not giving up on it. I I want to, uh, I'm gonna continue to see if anything clicks with me to see what it when it actually catches, but. Uh, oh. And you know what else I love too? And, and you don't know it until the big reveal with the Shade the Changing Man, uh, character, that whenever they would speak about the, the harness, it wouldn't be a word, it would be the symbol. Yes, yeah, the weapon. The, the weapon blank yeah. with the two symbols and, and the, 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 and the, 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 the That was cool. And then all of a sudden you see, oh, that symbol's on his, that's what that is. It's like, and the negative zone plays a, a part. What was it? The anti-zone? Is is in it? It's just I don't I, think I got uh, to that part yet, but oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Uh, yeah, it, I think it's a again one of those singular experiences. Uh, there's not many people who could have created this. Is Michael Fife's comics? Yeah, I I, I would say. Um, and again, I, I need to finish or at least read up through the issues that you were kind enough to lend me to before I weigh in fully. But I would say that uh, I feel like this is spiritually aligned with. Uh, Sholey's work and, and also with Joe Casey and, and, you know, Sholey yeah. on Arts Godland. I think you, you hit the nail on the head right there. The inventiveness is, is really close to, to Sholey. Mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, maybe for whatever reason, and I don't, I don't know, uh, I haven't thought through why, but, but I, I, I definitely feel like the Godland world and, and some Sholey's work has, has resonated with me a little more and maybe that's what's going on here. Maybe I'm, I'm comparing it to that. And since that was like, those experiences were, were, were newer to me at the time, I, I'm kind of feeling those a little bit more than I'm feeling this. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like I said, I, I feel like it's like a really, um, like, like, uh, it, it's, it's like if, if Sholey's creative juices are Captain America, this is maybe Bucky Barnes. Uh, like in a, in a way. Yeah, but, but yeah, but I th- I mean, God, I, I'm not telling you to get not to give Mr. Sholey credit, but 
th- there is a precedent to Sholey's inventiveness. You know, like Kirby, that this the same thing is going on here as in Godland and in, in in Tom's comics. Instead of asking why, they ask why not. Like Definitely. let's yep. you know, it, it's just that why not? Why let's do it? Let's just put it on the page. Let's see how it looks. The two tank, the two tank uh, common and the the die die character in this, they're they're cut from the same cloth. It's just that just. The, the off kilter wacky um I sound like a game show host, but uh it's just inventive as hell. Yeah. Yeah. And let's just put a uh, an old dude's head with a piece of demonic a, a shard of something demonic right in his forehead. That's our cover. Alright, why not? You know? It works. It's 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 resonating with with a lot of people. And again, I, I think in trying to define why it works, uh, goes against the point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know? I'll definitely buy that. Yeah, I definitely buy that. I mean, it's more of a visceral book. It just hits you. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I give him a, a hat tip and I definitely think it'll be interesting to see, since he clearly is a fan of the team book, um, how that translates to doing something like the Ultimates. Yeah. That's going to be really. I'm really curious to see how he's going to do. If that, if that same freewheeling, uh, you know, breaks her off sensibility comes into the Ultimate Universe, I, I'd be glad if it does. Because mm-hmm. if you know, recent stuff notwithstanding, I think that that universe needs it. Needs a, a big ass shakeup. Oh, I would agree completely. Yeah. All right. Hey, look at this. Tail end. We never got him back, huh? I. It won't let me connect him. Crazy. Crazy man, the PC is good for something. <laughs> Ooh, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. He won't hear it. No, he won't. He's 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 curling or watching curling or something. That is probably why he's not sweating getting back on. <laughs> is, I know, yeah, right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Well, it's good that he. Like, fuck it, I can talk to him any week. I refuse to believe that curling is the second most popular sport in the Olympics. It's not happening. <laughs> no. Nah. I think basket weaving is above curling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's not going to be. Pleased. Actually, I'm, I'm I'm impressed, Vince. I'm I'm glad you're here tonight, since uh, I think it was the uh, season finale of uh, American Horror Story, right? It, it is. I but, do believe it is. Yeah, but uh, it's DVRing. Same here. Look at you. Who do you think? I have, who do you think? I got about six episodes. Wait, wait, oh, wait what? Been, I know. I know. I don't know. You have to tell me. I've been a little lax on my American. Well, I'm not story. telling you anything. I was going to ask you a question. Who do you um, think the new Supreme will be? Well, I can't hazard a guess because, like I said, I'm six in the hole. With that show, you know, it, it changes from episode to episode. I don't know. Mm. I don't. Okay. Because some characters that uh, we thought were dead uh, apparently are not anymore because I was stupid enough to click on a damn link. And I saw a screen cap from one of the more recent episodes. I'm like, what the hell? She died. No. So about Emma Roberts. Yeah. Mm. Nom, nom, nom. Her and yeah, uh, what's his name? She's 18, right? What's that? She's 18, right? Oh, yeah. I could do them. Her <sighs> and uh, she just got engaged to um, the blonde kid from the show. No kidding. Wow. She's a great little actress. She's got her father's genes. <laughs> Not her aunt's. No, her father. He's great. <laughs> Eric. Good old Eric. He's a wackadoodle too. 
How old do you think Emma Roberts is? You obviously weren't sure she was even 18, so that's probably long. Uh, yeah, she looks young. I would say maybe if I tried to chart her career from when she popped up on that uh, one show where she plays the guitar, I don't even know the name of it. I would say she's 23. Very good, 22. Nice. She is a fetching young lass. He has a button too. It's you know what? It's the lazy eye that gets me. I love that lazy eye. What do you mean lazy love eye? It's got a lazy eye. Wait, what? She does what? have a lazy eye. I can never look at her again the same. Look at her. She she has a. She'd be looking over. Like, she's like a. Uh, not a what chameleon. She, you mean like Shannon Doherty? Yeah. No, no, that's not no. lazy. That's off kilter. That's not. She has a misplaced. Thank like, you. It's, yeah. Oh. Um, how does someone with, with that kind of eye become famous? Like, how did that happen? Well, it's it's kind of like a, the, the banks kinda, helped out. No, it's like a, it's they need a, a flaw, like a like a, a gap between the teeth or a blemish or something. If they're perfect, it's not very. I don't think that's attractive. That one little flaw makes them even more perfect. Mm-hmm. I think anyway. Uh, Plus, she was naked in the bathtub. That helps. That doesn't hurt. Naked in the bathtub helps a lot. But, hey, everybody. Uh, you've been listening to 11 o'clock comics. That's an old perv. Three. Uh, that's not nice. <laughs> 101. Uh, brought to you by who? Discount Comic Book Service. Who that? DCBService.com. Get your books, get them fast, get them sent right to your house. You don't even have to move 35 to 75% off. Where the hell are you going to get 75% off some stuff for, it's not possible. Shipping is they're just the best. I love them to death. DCBService.com in your travels. I was all hyped to talk about a book this week, but I can't do it because it's not going to be released for a couple of weeks. But I will say, get a piece of paper and a writing implement now and write down Undertow, number one, from Image. Undertowed. Written by Steve Orlando, illustrated by Artyom Truck. Trakhanov, and I know they changed his name from Joe Smith just to trip me up because, you know, I can't pronounce anything right. Artyom Trakhanov, and uh, lettered and designed by Thomas, Thomas Marr. It's unbelievably gorgeous. It's aquatic. You can see some preview images on our forum. Uh, David, where? Bullpenbulletinspodcast.com slash forum. Right. Word. I won't talk. Yeah. Talk about the story, but uh, I thought it was spectacular in all respects. Story was great. Art was the art's just a little bit higher on my God, I love it meter, but uh, the, you got to see it. It is one of those books that just grabs you by the throat and says, "Look at me! I know how to manipulate color like a Seymour. Yeah, it's great. Undertone, undertone number one. Write it down. Is it like two weeks it comes out. Yes. Yeah, from Image. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Unbeweavable. Yep, it's unbeweavable. Uh, in your travels. Um, can I write it in the show notes or am I going to get yelled at yes, again? You can write it in the show notes. All right. <laughs> he's, all, he's all paranoid. Uh, you know what? I, I read the second issue and it, um, it, it, it keeps up the pace from the first issue. Uh, by Justin Jordan and Matteo Scalera, Dead Body Road, number two, and uh, yeah, it's um, it's still it. 
the first issue had a pretty cool setup. We, we, we got the gist of, of things that went down and, um, and how things fell apart. Like, you know, the second half of the movie Heat and now, um, where, uh, we have some of the, uh, the players, um, getting to know each other in, in the second issue and, and, uh, and the, I got to the last page of the second issue and I was cursing out loud because I wanted to read the third issue because of, of wow. yeah, no, it was, I, I'm, I, it was, you know, hats off to Mr. Jordan for, um, for, uh, teasing. It was, it was really, it was, it was, it was a great place to end the issue. <laughs> and apparently to drop the mic and it was, uh, <laughs> it was a great place. So, uh, <laughs> it was, it was, um, and yeah, no, it, 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 it was the kind of cliffhanger where, you know, you, you want to read where it goes next and, and, and it's, uh, it was a really cool cutoff point, but I, um, you know, and, and we've all praised Mateo's work in the past and, and this, um, this does look a little, um, it's a different type of story. And so his style fits Dead Body Road here. Um, this particular look, um, or style he's doing here wouldn't work on black science. And, and, and he, he's putting a lot of love on, um, in both books, but those black science pages look like they take a lot of time. And here he can, um, do it in a style that, that seems to move things along a little quicker. And, and, um, I guess he's more, oh, we, we've used the phrase economy of line in the past and, and, and there's a little bit of that in this book, but it, it works. So, um, I mean, I'm, I'm, you don't see too many people do, um, consecutive issues for too long. And, and here's somebody who's doing two books simultaneously. So, um, hats off to him for that. So yeah, in your travels, dead body road. Hmm. Respect it. Uh, two things. One, uh, Terry Moore is running a contest related to Rachel Rising. Mm-hmm. No kidding. Where if you you can go to terrymoreart.com for the details, but essentially he wants you to photobomb with the Rachel Rising words, and he's going to pick a winner, whoever's the most interesting or conspicuous use of Rachel Rising, you know, in a in a place. So, like for example, if you're going to the Super Bowl and you can manage to get Rachel Rising, uh, you win. What's that? You win would if win. you do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the, the cool part of this is that the winner will be drawn into an upcoming issue of Rachel Rising. I love when they do that. And will be brutally murdered by the antagonist of the, of the book, a 10 year old girl. Even better. Ah. Even better. And you will get the original art. Oh. Damn. That's pretty. That's about what? $1,500 right there. Pretty awesome, right? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that is, uh, that, that is a heck of a, of a, uh, little prize there. So I had to, uh, shout that out because I know some folks, uh, are, um, fancy themselves decent photographers. So by all means, if you're up for the challenge and hook it up. Um, now I had mentioned this series two weeks ago, um, when, um, in the lost episode. <laughs> and we talked about it for a while, but, but, uh, 
but ergo it, it was lost in the ether. So, um, I have been a really big fan and, and have read the entirety of the series in the last few weeks of Bill Willingham's Ferrist, which is, uh, his, his ongoing, uh, spinoff of fables, um, that was originally to be written by Chris Roberson, who had done such a nice job with the two Cinderella miniseries. But then Chris up and, uh, said F you to the big two and went to start Monkey Brain. So they had to, uh, it, it's basically turned into an anthology focusing on the, uh, the fair ladies, the, 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 the pretty women of, of the fables world. And, uh, I just found the whole thing fantastic from start to finish. Um, uh, but the, the, and I gave kind of a lengthy review in the last episode of, of all the different arcs, but, but also in conjunction with this book, um, Willingham put out a hardcover OGN called Fairest in All the Land, which came out two months ago. And it's essentially like the fifth arc of the book. Um, and it also is, is set in between the second to last and what will be the last arcs of Fables. But, uh, it is definitely standalone. Um, what's fantastic about it is it, it, it's, it's Cinderella is called back to Fable Town to solve a string of brutal murders, um, of the prettiest women, the prettiest female fables. Um, and, but the cool thing is, is that essentially it's, uh, it's each part of the story. It's one continuous story, but each part of the story is drawn by someone different. Um, so it has like an anthology feel, even though it's one continuous murder mystery. Um, and you've got Chrissy Zulo in the book. Oh, I like her. Who doesn't? You've got Carl Kershaw. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got Renee DeLiz. Nice. Fiona Meng. Of course, Ooh. Buckingham, because you can't have a fable story without Buckingham. <laughs> the, uh, the oh so talented Phil Noto, uh, mm-hmm. who I think does a two pager. Um, about right. <laughs> <laughs> Russ Braun. Uh, Tony Akins, Gene Ha, oh. uh, Tula Lote, who I didn't know until this book, uh, Marley Zarconi, um, just going down the list here, Chris Sprouse with Carl, really? Carl Story on Inks, yeah. I want to see more of Mr. Sprouse. Yes. Uh, Nimit Malavia, another uh, creator I was not familiar with, Dean Ornstrom. Mm. Um, going down here, hold on. Uh, Carl Huggins, uh, Adam Hughes actually has, uh, some pages in here, believe it or not. Um, and I think that's it. Oh, Al Davison, uh, Sean McManus, who of course did the, oh. yeah, the two Cinderella stories. Uh, Inaki Miranda, who, um, again, she did an entire arc of the fairest ongoing series which was terrific she's got this really uh linear japanese manga-esque style and uh, actually the, the the arc she does in in fairest is a uh is it basically an homage to japanese horror films so it's it's a it's it's i love her style um and kevin mcguire hmm. is in there uh, i heard heard he's good with faces yes i hear that a lot. so as you could hear it's an all-star cast of 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 uh of artists that are involved. And, um, I, I highly recommend the book. Again, you don't need to be caught up on Ferris and Fables 
to enjoy this. This is standalone, kind of like the, uh, what was it, the Thousand and One Nights of Snowfall or something mm-hmm. from back a couple years ago. So it's, yeah. it's of that ilk. Like it, it's meant to stand on its own and it certainly does. But, but also for those of you that are still steeped in the, in the fables continuity, which I know is, is, is few and far between it sounds like these days. Um, there's, there's additional payoff because, you know, there's things that are, you know, nodded to that you, you wouldn't get otherwise. So. Uh, wow. Yeah, I, I highly recommend it. I, I, I know, again, I know Fables has kind of lost its luster for some folks and that it's one of the reasons that, that, that Bill's, you know, ending the series, but, but, uh, but I would say that this work is as strong as any he's ever done in the universe, so. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Is there anything like Ferris Bueller? Anybody? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, David, we forgot. I forgot what? Uh, I sent David a digital comic today. Thanks a lot. Just, hey, how's it feel? Yeah. Just because, um, I was amazed. Oh, would you want to do that now? Yeah, why not? I was amazed at, um, the discrepancy of the inks from what I know of, uh, from this person. And, um, it, it's well, Ms. Marvel. I, yeah. You do? I think I do, but go ahead. Ms. Marvel, number two. And that's from 1977. Uh, the covers, I own a the covers, copy of it actually. Do you really? Yeah. The covers are scream. Uh, Ms. Marvel is thrown down with Scorpion and, uh, the Destructor and she's like, face it Scorpion, you're just not man enough to beat Ms. Marvel. Not now, not ever. It's like, okay, Miss Daytime Emmy. Um, and, uh, she, uh, going through the book, I'm like, wow, these Basima pencils are great. This is so tight and, and sculpted and, and wow. And, and then I look back and I said, well, who did the inks on this? I was, I was flabbergasted to realize that it was Joe Sinnott. Yep. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. If I can't tell that it's Joe Sinnott, there's something wrong because Sinnott was kind of like the, the the spray varnish of of the Marvel uh, bullpen, you know what I mean? Like he was ultra sleek and shiny, and made all the stuff underneath him look really good. But you always knew that it was Joe Sinnott, and especially with Kirby. He was Sinnott to win it. That's right. And I'm thinking, I said to David, I said, "What? Look at this. Does it seem to you that Sinnott took less liberties with Big John's pencils than he would with somebody like Kirby?" Because, like I said, when Kirby, when, when Sinnott inked over Jack, you knew it. Especially, uh, when, uh, the ever-loving blue-eyed thing was on the page. He put, uh, like a twinkle in, in the thing's eye that wasn't there when, in Jack's pencils. And that was my question to David. What do you, what's, what do you, what's going on here? What, what, what's the deal? And supposedly Mr. Price has the theory. No, well, I'm just, I, it, it, at first, I'm looking at, at, at John's work and I'm wondering, and, and it looks different than obviously when he's inked on Savage Sword of Conan or, oh, yeah. or by uh, heavy handed on, um, on Aven- uh, Palmer on Avengers. And it, it's there. I know Joe on Kirby and to see him on on Bushima, I don't know how many more times they were paired together. And I don't know if, if he just, um, was, 
he's very, very faithful. He's, to the he world. really is. He's, he's 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 very light. He um, it's almost like uh, they were a little bit more than than they were definitely more than if I were to call them breakdowns. And 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 Sinnott just kind of inked over those. But it, it you can still tell that it is John. But when I look at some of, the, especially some of the, um, the close-ups, I see, um, where, uh, say, Geist could have been influenced, or Mike Zek could have been influenced. And, and, and there are definitely, um, it, it's an interesting pairing. And I would like to see more of them working together, just to, just to get an idea as to, um, Maybe there were other things going on that uh, that either Sinnott couldn't do what he did on Kirby, or if it was just he. Because um, we've seen pencil pages from Kirby, and they are dense, and right. right. So there, and there's. In in that respect, there's no really thick lines here. I mean, it's Basima, right? So, so you don't have these huge slabs of black, but, and, and again, most of the issue is low key. And I'm not talking about Thor's half brother. Like, you have Carol and MJ go out to dinner, and then you have Carol, like, just hanging around her apartment and stuff, and, and, and AIM agents and, and the Scorpion. So there's really, I mean, there's no Galactus in here. There, there's not big action. It's it's very um, down to earth, and maybe that's what I'm thinking. But that that trademark Senate sparkle, that shine, is uh, there's it's not here. I, I if it didn't say Joe Senate in the credits, I would not know he inked this. And what's interesting, it's it, it was um, it's Bushima and Senate as storytellers. Right. It's not right. like there's a, there's a breakdown of 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 layouts and finishes or pencils and inks. So. And who who wrote it, David? Oh, um, Jerry Conway. Yeah. <laughs> Jason uh, Fresh. Which is why, which is why MJ was in it. Um, but the uh, um, uh, <laughs> and did you see who who signed it in the uh, letters page? Uh, not uh, not not in the letters page. The uh, well, yeah, kind of sort of the letters page. Um, David Anthony Kraft. Ah, uh, comics interview. That's for being. Yeah. Yes, indeed. You know what? Um, if you go to what is it, the uh, the the first page, the the splash, you can kind of see a little bit of Senate in the machinery behind uh, Ms. Marvel, but you know, that's it's brief. Yeah, yeah, but that's you can say he's uh, those are from his um, Kirby days. Yeah, Joe played around with shape a lot. Uh, and repetition and, and it's just maybe Basima just but then just, you turn the page and you see the profile of uh, the Destructor and I mean that's it. it's definitely yeah the shading around the, the, the eyes, eyes and it, the, yeah. so it's it's. I mean there's the panel before that you definitely see that's a John Basima face but and, and look in the Destructor's chest area those those blobs, that's a Senate right there. Those, those. The, the black squiggles. The, the, the row of black yeah. blobs, yeah. 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 So it's there. You just gotta look for it. But, and then that brings me back to the question. 
do you think um, Joe just played more with with Jack's pencils? Maybe maybe um, some of those pages, as he received them, weren't the most detailed things in the world, and he had to go in and you know uh, just fill in the blanks in in some areas because. There's a distinctive personality between a Jack Kirby drawn thing inked by other people right. than, than Joe Sinnott, but when you see a Joe Sinnott inked thing, there, there's a, there's a, an intelligence behind those eyes that I, you know, you, you hardly see it in, in, with other guys. It's just the way he, he, you knew the thing had blue eyes, but there was a, there was a personality there when, when, when Joe really dug into it. And I, I don't know. I'm not saying all other inkers, on Kirby were were less effective. But I'm just saying, it's, it's, as it applies to Ben, there was something really special when Sinnott inked the the thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, and and then there are some pages where, and it, I mean, it's when the scorpion breaks free and he starts attacking the um, the beekeepers. It's it's <laughs> there's um, you know, you have the close up on the hands, and it it, it looks amazing. But I, it's it's. I mean, it's. It, I'm not saying it's it's you know, crusty bunkers that everybody's taking a page. But there are there are definite. Um, it you pose a great question because yeah, this is. I mean, when you see somebody, you you can always kind of tell when Austin's inking someone. When Terry yeah. Austin is inking, whether he's inking oh Austin yeah Rogers or John Byrne. Uh, but here, it's yeah, it's. It's tough. Yeah. Yep. And, and a lot of people like to comment that Jack had his stock poses and he did. So did John Basino. So does Burn. Who does? Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody does. Like John's wide, like the legs spread apart with the arms, um, you know, uh, at a slant, busting through something or the punch, the, that roundhouse punch that, uh, his characters sometimes have, especially like Captain America and the Avengers. He had that roundhouse punch all the oh, time. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, it's just great stuff. It's a trademark that it's, it's like a vocal tick, really. You know, it's, it's instantly identifiable from the, the guy who laid it down. Mm-hmm. But I, these, I love looking through old Marvel comics just to, to, to pick up on stuff maybe I missed back in the day. Yeah. And this one just struck as being really, struck me as being really strange. Just a, a an odd pairing that uh, they produce something that uh, made me scratch my head. It's like, what's going on here? Slab, Beautiful baby. stuff. Nice. Love this is. Uh, yeah, I I kind of, like when they gave Ms. Marvel and uh, Spider Woman their own series. I don't know. I've been quick runs of both of them. Do you yeah. really? Nice. And Dazzler. Uh, I do not have a complete run. Of <laughs> I got it. Here, here's a confession. I own maybe, how long did Dazzler last? About Is 70 issues? Um, was it really? 60, 60, 70 around there? I don't know. I, I maybe own six issues of Dazzler. You just hate women in comics. I think I do. I think you do too. Yeah. Frank's- I like, I like women in Crossed. You, know, that's you all like when women are gutted. Murderizing them. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's me. That's me exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Hey, did you like that little uh, stinger at a the end? Bonus. 
I hope you did because we'll be doing it again next week. Same time, same channel. Come join us if you will. We would love to have you. Why? Maybe all four because because we love you so much. That's Chris does how, it because that's what that's I do. Left. <laughs> and, and if you would be so kind, as Jason always uh, asks, please leave us an iTunes review. We haven't had any in a little while. It would be nice to get uh, another one. And if you're in the mood, I know some of you takes takes some coaxing to get some of you to do something like this. But come to our forum. Uh, we have a great time. We do. You might you might actually get approved. I was just going to say that David has been super on the ball lately because I, I admit I I will right. not check the I will not check the introduce yourself oh, thread that often. But late, I had to go in and and say, "Hey, what's up?" to like seven people. There, I never have to do that many. Mm-hmm. So D- David is like ramping it up. I'll tell you. Yeah, he is. Yep. Tune in next week for our exclusive interview with CM Punk. I may not go see Guardians of the Galaxy now. Oh, why? Because Batista says Batista isn't it. That's silly. You're gonna go see it. Maybe not. Vince, I was telling David before you were uh, rebooting that, uh, my sons were just distraught over the punk news, but my oldest was like tearing up and he was literally like livid at, at Batista. He's like, I hate Batista. If he didn't come back, punk would have never left. He was livid. Oh man. Yeah. I, I didn't see the, the uh, Royal Rumble, but I have not heard good things. There were, some, uh, Bray and Brian were off the chain. Um, well, that's Daniel Bryan. Orton and Cena were the cool. opposite of that. And, um, <laughs> and oh my God, if I, um, Big Show and Brock was snore inducing. And, oh, uh, big, really Big Show. I know. On, you're, on, stunned, on paper. Right? you're stunned. <laughs> By the way, did you know that the first ever Elimination Chamber match, you know what the headline of that match, uh, the, the headline of that, uh, pay-per-view was? The main event? What? Thriller in Manila. So the first Elimination Chamber was in the Survivor Series back in 2002. Okay. The main event of that was for the World Championship, Big Show versus Brock Lesnar. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's like two giant slabs of meat. And Lesnar beat Big Show. Big Show was the champ at the time. Lesnar beat him. How does Big Show ever get a push? I mean, that's probably the only way. Because he's big. And, and my, my daughter loves him. She said, he seems like the nicest guy. And I'm sure he is. Yeah. Uh, and she knows him not only from the wrestling, but because he's done stuff for like Nickelodeon. Yeah. Like on the kids show. So, you know, identification is, is awesome. But, um, yeah, Big Show. How did Orton get such a push? I don't think he's that great. He's there. He's not. But it's it's he is. He's, he's no, he's not. He's he's there, and he's young. He is not because he's he's, 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 he's yeah. the whole reason why. First of all, they have a three strikes rule, and they WWE. Oh. You get busted for drugs three times. You get caught with you know you 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 do HGH three times. You're gone, and. He Ooh, has what? gotten more than three strikes. And the fucker's still there because they have nobody to put in that position. I gotta say. Well, they have Steph- no one to replace the FX Predator, I mean. Stephanie is fine. No, she- I think, I think, I think in real life she, you'd think otherwise. I think she's real thick. 
Oh, I, I wouldn't mind. And, and, and that, that jaw can probably, that jaw can take a beating before she goes down. I'm not, I'm not a fan of the cleft. And it's not, and the voice, no, no, the tits are definitely not real. The tits are definitely Oh my god. Back up. The voice, the voice is just, that grates me. It's just, I can't. Deconstructing Stephanie. Oh god, it's, I'm, but, but my boy, Henry at work, he, he fucking, he adores her. Oh my god. Anybody, anybody that can turn turn in the bed and and get a face full of uh, triple H. <laughs> is that what you really? Who are you more jealous of? You more jealous of Stephanie? No, 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 no. You, you could probably arrange to get a face full of Triple H too. I don't think he's dude. All I have to say is you went out with China. That's true. He did he more than one out with her. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Then his boy went and fucking got sloppy seconds. Who? Sean. Sean Walton. Walton. That's really? Yeah. Oh God, yeah. Because that's that's so, that's one night in China. That was the porn they made. Yeah. So they like chicks with dicks. Dude, did that's you know? Not- I think we talked about this, right? China plays She-Hulk in the Axel Braun porns. Really? Yeah, it's all, dude. I won't I won't look at the porns because of that. It's it's. I don't see that. It's awful. Yeah. Something about a chick who's got a clip bigger than your dick. I, I'm down. You down. know what? She's like to me. She's like she's shaped like a giant dwarf. Yeah. If you can conceive that, she's like a little person. Only she's big. Like, her head is way... I don't want to shit on China. I'll save that for the paper plates. Hey, everybody. We'll be back next week. We love you so much. Love you. The most real. do. For reals, we do. Yes. Say goodnight, David. Hi, David. Hi, David.